Hi everyone, Simon here. Just a quick message before you start listening to this episode. Just want to say that Dom and I try and bring some light comedy-ish to some of the aspects within this episode. Uh, We also, of course, highlight the seriousness and the tragic nature of the episode as well. Um, I just want to make it abundantly clear for everyone that there is no justifiable reason ever to take a firearm weapon of any kind into school or violence onto any person, Um, you know, any innocent person at all. I mean, we don't condone violence in any way. Um, And though we empathize and sympathize with Jimmy as a character and what he what he goes through and bullying and the effect that that can have um there still is no justifiable reason ever to conduct violence on another person or threaten or take a take a gun into school and that is a choice that he made um and we do not condone it so we we make a lot of jokes in this not trying to be insensitive but just trying to you know be light-hearted about it in the context of it being a tv show but of course we know that people us included relate tv shows and movies to real life so in the context of real life um and within the context of the show there is no reason uh, justifiable at all uh, to take a gun into a school and so just want to make that really clear um i think it's clear in the episode anyway but just to be super clear on that point and yeah i hope you enjoy the episode of the podcast it is a heavy one of course um yeah we appreciate your support and yeah hope you enjoy it you just became a raven your art matters it's what got me here Let's go, let's go. Ravens on three. One, two, three, Ravens! Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen 61 episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is season three, episode 16, with tired eyes, tired minds, tired souls, we slept. Error. Reconfiguring. Perspective, nephew. I'm here to adjust yours. It's going to have problems with her hands. So yeah. She can pick up plates and not feel that they're boiling. You uh-huh. know, she's got asbestos fingers. They're going to be rough. What is that? Is that a like, crow's foot? What the fuck? At the cafe, like, can I can I see something Italian? Can I see that it had an impact on you? Can I see that what Keith and Lucas went through for them six weeks that you were away were worth it, Karen? Karen! You know, like the person you've become, then do something about it, because no one's going to do it for you. Karen! Wild dreams are born. Wait, why are you making this shit up? What you, what's wrong with you? Be, no, not Philip. Felix. <laughs> Felix not working. Felix, it's over. <laughs> the asthma's doing you wonders. I watched him have a shit in an alley and I watched him kiss his first girlfriend. 
must have been a big dog. <laughs> when do you plan to start living? Hello, May. All right, guys. How you doing, Boozy? That's a one dunk and you're done kind of biscuit. Oh, oh fucking today. about me. He's like, don't be mean, no, Simon. Listen, keep being mean. I'm going to make you call me Colonel, okay? ATM over here. You've just become a raven. Love that. Love that. Love that. Don't oh, in the yes. snow. Keith, what is slab and beef? Absolutely. A los cuevos, a One Tree Hill podcast. Soy Simon, why me encanta One Tree Hill. Holiday. I was not expecting that. <laughs> So hello and welcome to the Ravens of One Tree Hill podcast, where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is Season 3, Episode 16, with tired eyes, tired minds, tired souls, we slept, Dom, we're here, it's crack-a-lackin' my man. <laughs> crack-a-lackin'. Hello, my friend. Yeah, I'm okay. I feel, I feel some uh, symmetry with uh, tired eyes, tired minds, and tired souls, but um, <laughs> not the we slept bit. <laughs> right, that's the bit that's missing. I'm pretty sure that's the majority of your life now. Yeah, sleep is <laughs> the cousin of death, according to Nas. So <laughs> I oh, guess, yeah, it's a great, great song though. But. Are you just saying you've had a long week, a long work week? Yeah, it's, it's been a quite a long week for me, and today in particular is quite a long day. Um, just a lot of time on, you know, calls like this, and sometimes it can be a bit brain melting. <laughs> but I'm all right. I'm good. I'm, I'm pumped for this episode. Actually, I'm really looking forward to talking about this one. Um, it's certainly a memorable episode. Um, I don't yeah. want to give away too much until we you know actually get into it but yeah I'm, I, I've been excited for this one since we watched it and we had a gap last week it got to Sunday and I thought ah crap I haven't done the watch along video and then yeah. thought we didn't really do a, a proper watch along so I didn't have to do a watch along video so um yeah that that was that made the week a little bit easier but um yeah all, all good though my friend all good how are you I'm good. I'm much better now. I uh, was not well last week. And then Effany got sick. So I've been oh, looking right. after her this week. But that was inevitable. Did you uh, get her a, she... a proper can of Coke? Because she didn't get you one. So did you like <laughs> really rub it in and be like, here's a proper can of Coke. This is Do what you know... I expect next time. Do you know what? I mean, I did. Yes. But I got her. Um, I long story it's boring i thought i did and it was actually a coke zero but i oh. <laughs> the next day i did i got it's just difficult they evade you coca-cola the the real thing as they say but yeah no all is good she's better now and yeah things things are blessed everything is blessed well the the last episode that just came out we had loads of great feedback on it as it being uh, it was like a well-received podcast episode like people really enjoyed the content in it so which is awesome appreciate all of that we have some milestones that we've hit dom we have hit 50 50 000 downloads of the podcast it's crazy like we at the end of season one 
we were toasting to 10,000 and we're midway through season three or like two thirds away through season three and we hit 50,000. So that really shows the growth right there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy and it's exciting. And we just, I think we both really appreciate anyone who listens or downloads or anything, you know, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's so unexpected as well. Mm, yeah. And not only that, uh, another part that's like in, that's cool and interesting to tell you is so our pilot episode is like coming up to five thousand downloads. Just, just the on, pilot, just on its own. <laughs> yeah, just on its own. And then the episodes in season one, they're the first half. They're all ticking over to like a thousand each. So I'm thinking, or well, hopefully, if that's the trend. By the time we're finished, and one day eventually, there should be there could be over a thousand downloads for every episode, and then we you know we'd be getting close to the two hundred thousand mark, which That's scary is nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. Scary numbers. We've already had already had a raven message today and say it's fifty thousand plaque worthy, and um, I think. I think it's got to be a hundred. I think a hundo is the first plaque, surely the solid first plaque. A hundred sounds good. Who's volunteering to make that for us? Or who are we? Who are we volunteering to make that for us? Any raven, no pigeon. <laughs> I, I mean, I just assume that ravens have that love. You know, M- Mike's out here making like birthday messages and things for for total betty mike make us a plaque yeah <laughs> yeah like we don't mike. ask for much we just want I a plaque I, I said this before maybe on a watch along but i don't think mike listens i think he this joins will, us on the watch along but he doesn't listen this no would be this this would be the test okay mike if you're listening we like we want a response and we other ravens no don't tell mike we mm. want to see mm. if he if he comes through and and actually does listen. I'd be very surprised yeah. if he does. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just get this sense from him that he doesn't listen. He joins us on our watch-alongs and he you know he messages us a lot about stuff. But I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen. <laughs> just lives his life. Just <laughs> just cracks on. You know. That's cool. However you want to you know digest the the content, it's up to you. Speaking of people digesting content, we have a couple more ravens to shout out. We are now up to 81. We are closing in on the 100, which is nuts. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm coming in at Junior Varsity. You are no longer a pigeon. Flap your wings, baby. Christopher. Christopher, you just became a raven. And joining Christopher in evolving from a pigeon, transitioning into ravenhood, coming in at varsity, we have Clara. 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 Clara, you just became a raven. There we have it. Another two ravens. Another two pigeons successfully transitioned into being ravens. We appreciate you. We're grateful. 
We hope to meet you soon on a watch along. 2025 is always an option. <clears throat> and you're the best. Thank you so much. Dom, we have Lex coming on a little bit later. But before we get to any of that, this episode is prolific. I dare I say the most prolific episode of all of One Tree Hill. There are some other episodes. There's one in particular that keeps coming into my mind that's in season four. So remember my words now, season four, you know, so if you know which episode it is when it's happening, that it's up there, you know, it's paralleling. Is that a word? Paralleling this episode, but not quite. People will know. People hit me in the messages, in the comments. Uh, but this is is infamous. It's huge. So much to talk about. Where do we even begin? We, I actually thought we could maybe try and do it a little bit in chronological order, and then we could split off into the characters once they like get into the classroom. Maybe does that does that sound good? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we start with Jimmy He's smoking a cigarette outside of the school and over the top of it is playing the um, the sound bites of him from the time capsule. Uh, I do have to say, when we, when we do the podcast, I watch with the watch-alongs, obviously, with you and the Ravens, and then I usually watch it one other time uh, like the day that we're going to record and i usually listen to it while cooking or you know doing chores or whatever but for today i've watched it and like listened to it this one episode three times like I, it was just twice and i just did it one more time just before we came on and it has broken me every single time like i actually to the point of when we get to things a little bit later i'm actually a little bit concerned that i i I can't think of it too tough because i think it might break me again i don't want to cry on the podcast but if you suddenly see my camera just flip off (laughs) and just give me a minute all right back off i think i can guess which bit you're uh breaking at and getting emotional at I would say there's probably about four or five bits. Oh, really? Yeah, they were hitting me on different points. There's some bits that hit me every time. There was a couple bits that were getting me. I mean, yeah, we can when we get through it. You highlight whether you think it's a cry moment, and I'll let you know. <laughs> did did I mean? I know the answer, but I will ask anyway. Were there any no tears at any point? No, of course not. And when did you watch it back? Did you watch it back today? Yeah, I watched it today, uh, just before coming on. And the same as the watch along. I think I was the only one not crying. <laughs> it's, it's heavy. It's super heavy. Um, okay, so Jimmy smoking a cigarette. Monologue sort of going over the top. Uh, he we was the, the I feel like they're clearly very proud of some of the the lines here. Like I'm I'm assuming Mark Schwann wrote it wrote that bit, but the bit with you know the stoners are medicated. Uh, you know the jocks, they're jocks. They'll peak at seventeen, and their girlfriends will be fat and lonely by twenty one. Like it also and it also feels reminiscent of something I've heard before. I'm not saying it's like ripping off on something, 
but I can't quite put my finger on it. Like, I don't know. It's I, it's not like Breakfast Club, but it's something like that. Like, did, does it sound familiar to you? Well, it, it does when he sums up at the end. When he says, this isn't the Breakfast Club, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then there's there's like a summing up at the end, um, which is, you, you know, I think it's Lucas's words over the top, but it gives you that mm. kind of feeling because every every kind of touch point of what he says in his, his little monologue at the end, like it's almost like a poem, it, mm. it focuses on someone that fits in that category or, you know, potentially fits in that category. Um, so it does kind of feel like quite breakfast clubby, but it doesn't have the the same positive sort of vibe at the end. It's got quite a dark ending. So, Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, to, we move into the school. Just, just and... before that, right at the beginning, when Jimmy puts out the cigarette, I think you're given the impression that there are other people coming in with him because there's, there's mm. like a, there's like a blonde girl that's just standing behind him or just walks past at the moment. He says, right, let's do this or let's go inside. Whatever he says, he I think says, he says yeah, he goes, here we go. Yeah. And it, and it's, it, it's almost like he's saying to other people, right, let's, let's walk in and, and, and let's, let's do it. And it gives you the impression that there's other shooters as well. You know, even though I thought it's it's almost impossible, he he goes on about how everybody's ignores ignored his existence. How could he possibly have someone else coming in and doing the same thing? Because you know these things do tend to happen where they have another person mm. with a gun the other side of the school, you know, causing carnage. So mm. yeah, and the fact that they made it so plausible in the episode was hit home a little bit as well, and was like, oh Jesus, you know, this is. This is something that they're versed in, which we're not, you know, over here. You you explained mm-hmm. it you know, really well last week. You know, shootings seldom happen over here. They have happened in schools and they're horrendous and tragic, but they happen in the States, like, you know, from what we see on the news all the time. Mm. It's not a new thing. And, and the fact that that was written in and it was so well versed and there's even one mention, I know I'm jumping massively ahead, but there's one mention of someone saying we don't want, you know, Tree Hill High to become the Whispers. Is it? Is it the head teacher that says it? Uh, it's the like the detective the or whatever. Yeah, he says we don't. He says, and we pray that Tree Hill High doesn't become a catchphrase that people whisper about for the rest of time. Yeah, and there's just there's lines like that that make you think, Jesus, this is so. You know, th- this isn't a, a fictional calculated kind of episode this is based mm. on reality and it's it's you know crazy crazy to think of it that way yeah i mean no no pun intended here but it it triggers people and there were people that messaged you even saying that this was like a trigger episode for them in that you know emotionally and yeah it's it's t- so many levels to it <clears throat> and there's so much to say well, let's uh, let's let's just get try and get into the meat of it. So Jimmy walks in, even the way he walks in the hallway. Uh, Colin Fix, who plays Jimmy, it's so good. I I, I I'm gonna put this out now on Front Street. I challenge to find a better performance in a One Tree Hill episode than him in this episode. Like I can't. Like I think he's the put in the he's like the bar measuring rod now because the the array of emotions he goes through the believability 
It's outstanding. But even the way he walks in, and he's making himself like small within his hoodie, you know, sort of baggy clothes and whatever. And and then there are the guys messing with his locker that are basically destroying it. Who were the guys from the previous episode? I think it's Russ is the name of the guy of like the bully that you know he sort of had the fight with and they're throwing his books on the floor and and this that, and the other and they walk past him and he like says something to him and he like shoulder bumps him as well and he carries on walking down the hall and then jimmy pulls out the gun points it at him like at his back <clears throat> peyton and brooke turn or turning the corner coming out of like the library and and see and you know like in shock and this sort of prompts them to turn around he fires now when he fires the gun the close-up on his eyes of the, the immediate like shock or realization that he's actually done it it's like such a great it's such a great decision from the filmmakers or director or you know whoever that was in the script or written or whatever because it to me it displays that he'd thought about this um he'd considered it but then it was real like there's a difference between thinking about something and doing something and it's like that shock of oh like I, like he'd crossed that line uh, and when we talk, he talk, we talk, he talks about it way more in the episode. You know, I can't take this back. I can't take this back. Um, as a first time viewer, what did you, what did you think? Did you think that 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 bullet had hit someone? Uh, and were you were you surprised? Or what was just your reaction to this part? Um, it was as soon as he pulls the gun out, he's just like, oh Christ, you know the. It's kind of on the cards, isn't it? We discussed it in the last episode and we discussed it during the watch along and you think this is what he's going to do. He's just, he's in that frame of mind. He's he's hit lower than low now. And the way he's feeling is, you know, he's either going to go in and turn the gun on himself and make a display of it or he's going to, you know, start turning it on people that have, have bullied him and, and made him feel as low as he does. And when he pulls it out and he just sort of aims it around, it's almost like he's not, he's not intentionally aiming it at someone. It's kind of, this is like, if I'm going to do this, I want to scare people, but I also want to be noticed. And then when he fires it, yeah, just the, the look on his face is like, I, I didn't expect it to be that loud. I didn't expect it to feel like that. I, I didn't expect, you know, the, the gun to kind of kick back that way. I didn't expect people to run screaming so quickly you know and it's just this pure look of um it just complete lack of belief that that it done it and so really 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 well done um and really well performed because that that was incredible it, it, again it felt real felt like it was it, it was a bit more real and then when the bullet fires out it kind of hits that glass window doesn't it um on the door and you think that was miles off from the, the kid who he was actually aiming at um and it just so happens that Brooke and Peyton were standing there and I was thinking okay it's going to have hit one of these two potentially or at least done a little bit of damage to them to which it did <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> we'll we'll get to that in a moment uh, and 
I, you know, I can remember the first time I watched this episode. It's uh, one of the few that I can remember. It was in... Do you remember how I've, well, I've said when I watched One Tree Hill for the first time that I got to, I think, like, season six, maybe, and then I stopped because I wasn't, like, happy within, like, my work roles and whatever, and then I came back to it a few months later. I can remember uh, this was ge- gearing up towards the unhappy time, and I remember just being absolutely shocked that this happened. And I, I didn't expect it at all from like episode 15. And this is scored like musically, like like a movie. Like the music is so different. Um, it's so good. Like the way that it underpins everything. And particularly in that scene when he pulls the gun out, it uh, the music kind of rises once he's shot rather than so as much as like now there's the chaos happening of everyone running around that's kind of pushed down a little bit and the music comes up so that we are staying with the perspective of jimmy and i think that makes such a big difference that if this was shot and we were from the perspective of abby let's say the 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 diabetic girl Jimmy is always going to be posed as as our antagonist here but the fact that we follow Jimmy helps us to see things from his perspective and I think what's different from I mean there there are you know uh, movies and things out there about like school shootings and things um, and some of the ones that I had seen anyway it's um, they're there to like kill as many people as possible or to do actually you know to damage people and everything and i think with jimmy and this is like a larger debate that we can have i i suppose but like i don't think he ever intended to actually hurt anybody i don't think his intention is to kill people or anything like that it's like what you said he he's just had he can't take the pain anymore like the pain and the suffering and he just wants it to stop it's not from a position that he wants to be violent or wants to murder people. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. Like, like I said before, he's he. It's almost like he's going in to make a statement, and if he is at that point of like pure depression and he's hit his lowest low, you know, he he goes on later to explain that he's even you know taken an overdose of of antidepressants, and it almost felt like. He needs to get a shot off for people to look at him and pay attention and then realises the the kind of how extreme it is, you know, how loud it is, how people have reacted like by screaming and running away instantly. That 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 isn't gonna you know, that isn't gonna work. That wasn't that wasn't the method, that wasn't the way. And he wasn't expecting it. It was just pure surprise. Uh and a little bit of fear probably in himself, but I still sort of think, you know, maybe he he was going in to, to make an example of someone by hurting himself, not not necessarily by hurting others. But it just mm. turned out that he, you know, pointed the gun out and fired it. And maybe he was so off aim from the the lad that was that was picking on him and being nasty to him because he was just, you know, hoping to shoot it at the end of the corridor and, and, and that was it, nothing Sad happened. The glass, yeah. Yeah, and just have this moment of panic and then everybody would know his name and everybody would you know see who he is and and realize what he's you know has become capable of and 
ultimately the goal would have been to, you know, potentially harm himself. But you see, I guess I... we won't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I'd always read it or had it in my mind that he wasn't going to do anything with the gun, that he had it there maybe as like a, you know, if, if I... If anything ever drastic happened, you know, this is what I would do. And I think that, like, if he'd walked into the hallway and they hadn't messed up his locker, I don't think he pulls the gun out. Like, I, I know that we're I saying know, he never. Because, like, right at the beginning, he says that, you know, let's do this or whatever as, as he's walking in. So it's almost like he's set out to do something. Well, yes, but you could read it again. I watched this three times today. So I've been, I've been trying to be critical of all of the lines of how it could be read. But he says, here we go, as he's walking into the school. But for all we know, he might say that every day. Like, here we go, like I'm going to get spat on or I'm going to get whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, I know, yes, it makes it sound more like, here we go, I'm I'm going to, you know, do what he's going to do. But I think, I think potentially it could be read as, oh, I feel like he wasn't going to pull the gun out and then that happened and then he'd just, he'd just had enough. Um, but and, and I also think that look in his eyes is that it's real. He can't take it back, and I think he knows that. And again, like we said, there's a difference of it's difficult because the fact that he has a gun makes it feel premeditated, right? Like as in it's not he's he's I don't know how he's acquired it, but he's acquired a weapon. He's taken it with him to school. It's a bit different from if he thinks if i you know i'm gonna like if he if that the guy that bullied him he walks down the corridor and if jimmy goes behind him he's gonna punch him in the back of the head right that's kind of a spontaneous thing in his head like i'm gonna do it and then he doesn't do it or he's gonna do it and he hits him in the back of the head like and he could have the same reaction in his eyes that oh it's real now because i've actually done it but i think with this it's like it's a gun so it does feel more planned because he has brought it with him you know it's not it's not a spontaneous thing does that make sense or am i just babbling oh yeah no definitely he's he's taken a weapon into school there's there's that means there's intent to use it you know whether it's through mm. defense or or whatever you know even if he pulls it out it's intent to use it isn't it you know just yeah. to say fucking back off stay away from me that's that's the use is threat threatening someone with it or you know or supposedly protecting himself by threatening someone but you take he's taking a weapon to the school there's there's intent he's is exactly premeditated he's you know he's considered it he, he picked it up and said yes i'm going to take this with me he didn't go do you know what that'd be a stupid thing to do i'm gonna leave it here yeah yeah i guess that yeah they're all they're all choices like he's made the choice to take it with him he's made the choice to pull it out and then he's made the choice to pull the trigger and it's like even if he'd taken just some of them choices back it it wouldn't have he wouldn't have happened you know what is very clever about the episode though is that it doesn't villainize him mm. you, you don't see him as a villain you don't see him as yeah. a, actually the person you see as the villain is that fucking idiot in the classroom I fucking hate him, Marcus. He could have. Marcus, yeah. No one would have been mad if he caught a stray bullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you we'll know, get you, to him. We'll you get just to feel him. sorry for him, don't you, the whole time? Literally from from the previous episode to, to the end of this one. You just mm. feel sorry for him. Yeah. 
for sure. 100%. So, okay. So, the bullet goes. Uh, everyone goes crazy. Uh, Brooke falls over. Someone picks her up, which is lucky, right? Because she could have just got trampled there. We don't really see... We don't see what happens to Peyton, but we know. And we'll follow that thread uh, a bit later. Principal Turner runs straight into, like, the office area and... Uh, his voice, which I said it on the last episode, so good. He's got such an epic voice, that actor. Uh, you know, Code Red, Call 911, and uh, he's straight over, like, the uh, internal speaker systems. What are they called? That. The antennae. Anten, anton, antonai. The antonai. The tannoy? Yeah. And... <laughs> He's saying, code red, code red. We've got people running everywhere. We've got uh, Whitey pulling up on the bus, and L- Lucas and Nathan are there. Brooks coming out. I don't know where Peyton is. Someone in there with a gun. Nathan instantly is running in. You know, Haley's in the tutor center. I got him, coach. Lucas, people can't see, but I'm pretending to run. <laughs> is uh, And he tackles him to the ground to stop him going in the school and he says look you know Hades in there like get off me and, and goes in now what do we think about this lucas is 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 doing the right thing because he's trying to protect nathan uh or we understand nathan's plight because his wife's in there well both yeah like if nathan's automatic reaction is to go in and and save his wife you know save Haley, who he's you know deeply in love with so He's just going to go straight in head on. He's also not one for for thinking things through. So he, he is just that kind of impulsive, okay, I've got to do this because I need to get her out of there. So that it kind of makes sense for his character just to just to run. Just think, right, I need to get in there, find her and get her out. You know, and then if I come across anyone, I come across anyone. You know, that's, that's kind of, he's not thinking about himself. Very, very sort of selfless act. Um, and Lucas sort of, I think it's just showing... Chad Michael Murray's only bit of sporting prowess uh, by getting him to uh, tackle him to the ground um, and, you know, try and stop him from going in. And kind of Whitey's there saying, you know, both of you get back on the bus. And it, it's actually Nathan that turns around and says to Lucas, look, Haley's in there. She's in the tutor centre. We need to get her out, you know. And Come on, it's Haley. Is is kind of making a, a big statement, a big point of it. And Lucas is very, you know, is someone that will think things through and will pause for a minute. And it's kind of exactly what he does. And it's like, okay, you're fine. And, you know, that's when they decide to enter the building. And it's like, what's the plan? There is, there's no real plan. Baseball bats and bullets. Yeah. (laughs) Try batting them away. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon Um, he could do it. You think he could? I reckon Nathan could do it. Babe Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're trying to devise a plan and then it gets to a point where they, Lucas and Nathan, they're going to split up. And that Lucas says, you know, Nathan, basically going to say like, I love you, I think, you know, or be, be safe. I love you. And, and he doesn't say it. And Nathan just says, yeah, you too. Nice moments. It's a good moment. I, I did think he was going to say, I love you or something like that. And Nathan hit him with the bat, but... <laughs> he, he decided not to. You soppy twat. 
um so yes they're um they split off and uh where do you want who do you want to follow first we follow lucas to the library or nathan to the tutor center we can follow lucas to the library does does lucas take his own bat they have a bat each they must do yeah it does yeah because yeah because jimmy's the one that takes the bat of nathan isn't he yeah, this is this is an interesting part for me because I thought, so he goes into the library. He's got the bat like kind of out ready, ready to mm-hmm. to batter someone, and he hears a noise. Yes. And um, it would have been very interesting if he'd sort of popped round the corner of those those bookshelves, seen painting there, and just thought, "This is my opportunity to get rid of a problem." <laughs> <laughs> no one will know. Yeah, no, no one has to know it was me. She came at me or something like that, you know. I thought she had the gun. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a uh, Cluedo, Mister Mustard in the library with the baseball bat. <laughs> that um, it would have been a interesting twist, you know. That uh, I'm thinking this now because of what you said earlier that you know there is it is only Jimmy as the shooter. But it would have been an interesting twist if there was a second shooter. Um mouth i don't know who that would be but if there'd been someone else that had been mouth did you say yeah bloody mouth i tell you i've got some i've got some stuff to say about mouth tonight (laughs) he's he's not gonna like it i tell you now gonna circumcise that big dick of his (laughs) i'm I'm taking inches (laughs) um no the it would i like if there'd been someone else that had been like the weird scene in previous episodes or something that had sort of been left behind. It, I, I, it wouldn't have worked, but I'm just saying it could have been. It would have been an interesting twist, maybe. Yeah, it would, it would have been added sort of a weird dynamic to it. I, I mean, I think the panic level would be much higher. So the guys that are in the in the room with Jimmy have have like varying levels of scared don't they like terrified or what they're displaying anyway mm-hmm. but i think if you add that extra element that extra person that's been bullied all this time and and felt like shit and they're going around the school doing the same thing then that's that just increases the terror level like massively it, it would have added like something really different to the episode though I, I think it might have actually taken a bit away from the jimmy story yeah for sure it, it it wouldn't have worked it, it's it's much better this way that it's it's with jimmy he, it's not planned it's kind of impulsive in a way and uh yeah it's just his drama really and his his trauma was actually the word i was going to say um so yeah no i would have it would have ruined it but okay, so Lucas goes into the library. He's it kind of reminded me of in season is it one end of season one, maybe in season two when he is rake boy, you know, and he's with the rake with Larry. Yes, he's using some. Was that season two? Must have been season maybe season one. Uh, season one sure. was it? It was original Larry, wasn't it? Yeah, version one Larry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's Peyton and. She thinks she thinks she's got some glass in her leg, but in fact it is a bullet. Um, and are we, do you want? Are we going to see their Fred through to when they're about to leave and then jump over to the tutor center? Is that how you want to do it? Yeah, we we might as well. Okay, you, you, talk us through it. 
So they're sat down, they're in the library. Well, this is this is kind of exactly what I said I thought was going to happen all along. You know, Peyton finally admits that Lucas is the one that she loves and is the one that she's kind of been talking about all this time. And I thought this this had to happen, This you know. And she, she comes to realise that it isn't glass and that Lucas is keeping her awake and keeping her talking for a reason. You know, she's losing a lot of blood. You know, it's an absolute piss poor effort on Lucas's side for trying to stop that blood or trying to make some sort of tourniquet or, you know, something like that. The tourniquets aren't particularly reliable because, you know, you can cut off blood and could end, she could end up losing the leg. Um, you could, you know, cutting off the supply, but actually... You're so, you're so pragmatic and cold-blooded. It would have helped her for, for, for a little while at least. But, you know... Fuck it, let's let her bleed out on the library floor. Um, <laughs> that's what he's saying, anyway. That's 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 Lucas through and through, isn't it? You know, he's actually just gone to see if there's in Julius Caesar in uh, in, the, <laughs> in the adjacent aisle. You know, I might as well kill time in here. <laughs> but do you know what? It it's just typical of Lucas. You know, if she had died, it would have given him more reason to be mopey. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, he can well, I don't. More. I don't know if she doesn't die. I'm pretty sure she doesn't die. It's true. I'd be surprised if she died. Might have hit an artery. No, she'd be she'd be long dead by that point. By the time you actually bothered to pick her up and get her out of there, lazy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did feel like it was. I mean, look, right. Difficult, isn't it? But as soon as he knows, Peyton tells him that it's Jimmy, right? I feel like, and maybe, again, this is false sense of confidence because they're not in that situation, but if I knew that it was my friend out there that doesn't hate me, like, we, you know, like, he's hating his situation, but I don't think he doesn't have anything specifically against Lucas, right? Like, as in, I think, you know, he knows Lucas is a good guy. If I pick her up and I take her out and Jimmy can see that she's injured, he's going to let me go. Like, he's not going to... If I say she's dying, he's not going to shoot me. Is he? I, I feel like I'd be willing to take that risk of, like, well, she's going to... I mean, I'm kind of hiding behind Peyton while talking to Jimmy, you know? Using her to cover my vital organs and face, Just but... use Peyton as a human shield. <laughs> Is that what you're like, saying? It, yeah, instead of carrying her in like, you know, the traditional, the bride over the threshold, I'm actually holding her in a vertical bear hug. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. <laughs> it's not good for your leg, Peyton, but just trust me, it'll just be two minutes. Jim, Jim, <laughs> one sec. I need to get out, you know. <laughs> Let me <Jim>. go. <laughs> They're going to need the rug doctor in there for the carpet. It's now <laughs> dripping on the floor. I... Please, it's on my trainers. He's wearing boots. It's on my boots and they're suede. I'm never getting the blood out, Jim. Imagine if he's wearing sandals. It's in his toes. Oh. It's, in... it's filling up his Birkenstocks as we speak. Uh, they could be suede as well on the on the buckles. Ruined. Like, Jimmy, you've got a shit life, but look at my sandals. <laughs> Jimmy, you got a lot to answer for here. Birkenstocks aren't cheap. Okay. Oh, no. No, let's not do it, Dom. Let's keep this on track. <laughs> let's keep this on track. So, wait, Peyton says they he's t- 
tell me about a good day. She talks about the snow day. She's doing a really good job here, Hilary Burton, I think, because um, the way she tells the story, it's like we made a snow fort with a tunnel. Like the way she inflicts the voice and even just says that you kind of get the vision of oh that was important when they were kids like they needed to have a tunnel because that would make it really cool and that would be like brooks kind of thing should be militant like i'm imagining like seven year old brook or however old they were um it was really good i thought and then yes okay she kisses lucas it's definitely her initiating because she sort of can, you know, he sort of leans in as if she's going to whisper something to him and then she kisses him. Now, does Lucas get a pass on this with Brooke? He's in a relationship. She she thinks she's dying. What's your opinion? Does he get a pass? Well, if it comes up. He, so, he's, so he's not going to tell Brooke. You don't think you should tell her? Well, doesn't she say, don't don't kind of judge me for this and don't say anything? I, I don't think he's going to... I think he'll visit her in hospital and it will it will be brought up eventually. So, like, give her a day or so to, to like, she's going to have her surgery. We're rushing her into surgery. She's getting the bullet taken out of her leg. You know, Larry's going to be called back from fucking wherever he's dredging this week. The ocean. Know, the ocean. Somewhere in the ocean. Um, has he got the right insurance? I guess we'll find out when he comes back. Um, and there'll be a moment where she's like unconscious in hospital or something like that. And he'll go in and he'll like hold her hand and Brooke might be holding the other hand and then Brooke will let go and walk off. And as he goes to walk off, Peyton like grips his hand and there's just a little grip and it like pulls him back and he sort of looks around and she's awake and they have a little chat and then it's like Brooke will go I'll go and get a nurse or I'll go and get some water or something like that Brooke will have to go out the room for whatever reason okay yeah and then Peyton and Lucas are left together and she'll say I meant what I said and that'll be it and he'll be like pillow over the face (laughs) she'll say I'm hungry (laughs) That's a very specific, very specific prediction. I like that. I like the... Keep them super specific like this, because then <laughs> if it plays out like that, that'd be amazing. Imagine. Okay, so... But are you, you're not you're not putting any blame onto Lucas for this moment. He shouldn't have just, like, pushed her off or anything. No. <laughs> Get off me, bitch! <laughs> Fucking kissing me on the library floor! Fucking blood all over my sandals and my toes. Ridiculous. You're getting a bit on my jeans, Peyton. Would you mind just... <laughs> can you just back back up a little bit? Also, your breath smells a little... <laughs> I don't think you're drinking enough water. It's a little bit... Did you eat... Tinny. <laughs> Did you eat breakfast this morning? Have you ever eaten breakfast? You're looking a bit pale, Peyton. <laughs> What's all this red stuff? <laughs> so anyway, Fallout Boy. <laughs> oh, uh, dear. Now we I we got some comments on on uh, Ravenshoops.net. If you're not a member, stop wasting your life. Enjoy, enjoy your life. Join. Stop, Be stop, part of it. Stop being a pigeon. No one likes pigeons. They're common. 
and diseased <laughs> disease they carry disease they're basically flying rats vermin mm-hmm. you don't want to be don't... vermin no you don't you want to be a raven 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 <laughs> they're kind of murderous be a raven <laughs> one more time raven <laughs> we can all be an unkindness of ravens there we there we go there we go <laughs> Oh, that's right. It's a murder of crows and an unkindness of ravens. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. So, Tutu's she she's she's it's getting bad for Peyton. So he needs to get out of there. Lucas picks her up, threshold over the you know bride over the threshold position, and yeah. here's another here's another prediction. Okay. One day, Lu- uh, Lucas will carry her like that again. Probably after they've just got married. Mm. And she'll say, the last time you carried me like this, I had a bullet in my leg. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I like that. That'd be a good callback. He'll say, yeah, I had to throw my sandals out. God's sake. <laughs> you still owe me for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we always thought it was Peg Leg Luke, but it's actually Peg Leg Peyton. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. PLP. PLP. Both got peg legs. <laughs> we uh, we got some comments. That's why I brought it up. Ravenshoops.net. Um, from people commending our recent love for Peyton. Well, I mean, she has been pretty good this season, to be fair. Much better. Much better. This is a Peyton we can... Abide. Get behind. <laughs> Get yeah. behind. Yeah. You know, yeah. approve of. Yeah, this is a Peyton would pick up out of the library. We're not gonna leave her the bleed in there, you know. Season Jim. one Peyton. No, oh, she's staying in there. In fact we'll go and find Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy you missed. <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy. Got a job to finish. <laughs> oh dear. So okay, so let's let's leave Peyton and Lucas there, they're about to walk into the corridor. We'll come back to that. So let's follow, let's go, let's, let's trot back to Nathan. And uh, can I just also just put out there, it's been playing on my mind since I said it. I said Nathan and Lucas, and I made a joke, oh, you soppy twat. Now, that's a very British thing to say, but I just need it to be clear that that does not, uh, is not talking about vaginas. Because I think that's what that means in America, right? Like, I think we say twat, but I think they say twat. Is that right? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure. uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, American, North American friends. But I think that's what that means in America. But here, it doesn't mean that. Like, Dom, in your Cockney accent, call me a soppy twat. You soppy twat. (laughs) Okay, now can you put it into context so it, 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 you know what? Okay, I'll help you. I cried like five times at this episode. You soppy twat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, can you explain what it means? Um, a kind of like twat can be used for like, you're an idiot kind of thing, can't it? Why are you so stupid? Yeah. Right, and then soppy just means like as if you're soft, you know, which I am. But you know, like as in you're being. It, it'd be it's like banter for. Oh come on, you're being 
like oversensitive. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I just didn't want people thinking. I was just like, ah, your vagina. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I meant. Let's be clear on that. Okay, so Nathan gets the tutor center. Oh, before that, Mouth. Mouth enters because Mouth has been editing in like the AV room or whatever, so he hasn't heard anything. So firstly, ravenshoops.com, not .net, they do like, he does like highlight videos with commentary over the top. That's dope. <laughs> right? That's dope. Who's videoing the, the basketball? Him, I guess. And Gigi. Where? <laughs> They've got a they team. They've got a camera set up somewhere. Jimmy's like, for fuck's sake, I couldn't even do the camera work, Mouth. How many people you got working for you? I set up that domain, ravenshoops.com. Remember, you didn't even know how to do it. I showed you how to dial up the internet and everything, and then you left me. Oh, I, Mouth, I got so... I'm, like, tempted to, like, damage his Pop Funko, but I won't. But it's right there. Oh, God. There. There he is. There. there. What's that sticking out of it? <laughs> the python the python's brick it's bending the plastic at the front of the box ruining <laughs> it mouth put it away ruining it for everyone you're upsetting karen <laughs> <laughs> oh karen uh what what <laughs> so uh yeah, Mouth comes out and he's like, what's happening? And Nathan sort of has to tell him to be quiet, explain. And uh, Mouth says, oh, okay, I'll, I'll stick with you, I think, because he's got the baseball bat. Which is kind of played almost as like a comic, comedy moment almost. of like, oh, I'll, st- I'll stick with you. Uh, so then we get to the tutor center. Nathan puts his like driver's license or student ID or some sort of ID under the door, and they don't want to let him in. Um, and they do the code of always, forever. It's him. <laughs> it's Dom. <laughs> let him in. What would what would we say? I'd say basketballs go through. Oops. <laughs> but they also go through. Nets. <laughs> it's him. Let him in. Let him in. <laughs> what would you say if I was out there? Um, Just keep the door shut. <laughs> no, I knew you was going to say that. The lowest common denominator is you. Lowbrow. That was a moment for you to say something nice. I'll give it to you one more time. And then never again. What would you say if I was outside the door? Ball. Gag. <laughs> it's him, it's him. Let him in. <laughs> I've got someone on my side with the whole ball gag thing. I got a message. Who? I got a message from a raven. And they said, I've just caught up with that episode. I'm totally in support of you. Um, and, and they're on my side. And do you know what? If they're listening to this episode and they're feeling brave, I want them to message you to say, I'm not going to call them out. I'm going to give them the option when they're ready. When they're good and ready, I want them to to, to stand up against you as well. <laughs> sure. I'd love to hear it. At Simon Podcasts. 
And I'd love to know why you're supporting oh, Dominic's rights. They they know your Instagram, my friend. You've had many chats with this person. Marine, yeah. I expected more from you. Oh, it's not Marine. Never you mind who it is. I will let them come forward. I'm going to say to them, they're in support of me and I love it. I've got one friend. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, actually, speaking of friends, Sarah uh, messaged or it was on on the comments on ravenshoots.net and saying that my F-U-C-K-Y-O-U Dom song from last week, uh, she said that she she is akin with you and agrees with your opinion 99.9% of the time. So it feels like that song was also directed at her. Which I said, I said, well, you chose the wrong side. So. <laughs> she absolutely chose the right side. So Sarah, oh, well, you I and your, you it. and your two people. That's all I need. I need. I only need the two because then it will snowball, and soon enough, I'll have eighty, and you'll be the one, and that is it. And then I'll have I'm all so- the pigeons, and then ha ha ha, we'll shit on your car. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dom, but you're the Jimmy of this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry to be the one to break it to you. I, I was hoping you'd find out on your own, but <laughs> no, no. We're amount media. Of... <laughs> no amount of hints. You don't seem to get it. Oh my god! Well, the next watch along, that's it. What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so. Always. <laughs> this is the one line in this episode that I could do without. I'm not gonna lie. It, I like. I support it. I support it in what it is. I've I've got my wedding vow part. The last part, like that's kind of a king to what they're saying, tattooed on my wrist. Um, and that would work in that moment. I could say the first part. F could say the next part. I'd probably just say F, say you. Yeah. Okay. Open the door. <laughs> My wife. Fucking, <laughs> fucking prick. Open the fucking door. Should do but, what they did in, in World War Two and go flash. And they say, oh, wait. Don't, don't, don't. I know it. I watched Band of Brothers. Wait. Flash. Gordon. No. Um, <laughs> flash. Bang. No. Flash. Nearly. Flash. Oh. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it. Flash. What's the first letter? First letter T. Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> nice. Got there again. Nice. But right, uh, Marcus. So we're introduced to Marcus. Can I, can I just make one very quick comment about Please. inside the, the tutor center when they're locked in? Amy's oh, yeah. Like, I missed I'm it. like, I'm on this. Like, we're, we've, you, you know, the, there's obviously designated safe zones and people who are, like, responsible for those areas when they're in them, I suppose. And she's, like, I guess one of these people that is, like, quite proactive and, again... Okay, like we know what to do in a code red. This is what we do. We go in the room, we, we lock the door and we sit by the wall where we can't mm-hmm. get hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. And as the camera goes across 
the small line of of people that are in there you're just thinking oh god oh god oh god oh god oh god and there he is right at the end inconspicuous sitting on the floor so good so good scary scary mary but (laughs) his other name on the streets (laughs) that he the when um and the music changes so we like i've said in the last episode we're going to bring john nordstrom back john nordstrom is a raven um, at ravenshoops.net. And I actually think that's like, (laughs) I actually think that's low-key got to be one of our biggest achievements. Is that not fucking crazy? It's pretty bonkers. The guy that scored this episode and six seasons of One Tree Hill is a patron, is a raven of ours. He scores this podcast. It's the opening, like, music. (laughs) I told him that. I was like, "Congratulations!" As <laughs> big as you've won, he's ever had. <laughs> you've won. You've won a primetime Emmy, but you know you also score the Ravens podcast, unbeknownst to you. Um, but yeah, so that that adds such a great layer because now he's he's just merged in with the crowd, right? And they don't know that he is the shooter. Um, and that's actually a great point because Marcus says we don't know. Uh, he says something like we don't know what, how many psychos are out there or what this psycho is doing or something like that. And Jimmy says, why would you call him psycho? And he says, I don't know, something to do with him trying to murder us all, fat ass. Um, and I feel like. Marcus was is written in here or being used as the example of what created this situation. Like, I feel like that is his purpose, right? Is that how you see it? Yeah, definitely. I, I, they've they've all got a purpose within the room, haven't they? And and Nathan is kind of like the, a different level, and Haley skills mouth are all a different level, you, you know, compared to each other. So Marcus's purpose is. I don't give a shit who you are. I'm going to be nasty, nasty to you no matter what, because that's what he does. You know, whereas on, you know, the, the, the tail end of that, you've got Abigail who just doesn't know who he is and doesn't say anything to him because she keeps herself to herself. Yeah. You know, and then you've got all the, you know, for want of a better phrase, the in-betweeners there that kind of, you know, you've got Nathan who has nothing to do with him because he's, he's not, from his world they've never actually had a connection because of whatever and nathan might have been horrible to him in the past but actually he's kind of moved on from that hasn't he and and grown up so much it's almost a little bit like for gary from the pretzel stand do you remember nathan had uh nathan and his friends had thrown him into a dumpster or something right yeah exactly yeah so there could have been moments like that where they just he was you know, Jimmy was flavor of the month, you know, kind of thing to to be picked on. But it seems like all of these things happened post, um, like mouth kind of leaving him and that, you know, beyond the second episode, basically, where um, Lucas Nathan's attention is is on Lucas and then turned to Haley. So there's almost like no time to to do any of that bullshit. So it's kind of like maybe he's absolved of that. Although he's never paid him any attention and never been nice to him, he's not massively on the shit list. And then you've got people like... <laughs> the shit list. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> and you've got Rachel, who's just... 
Rachel, oh, Rachel's to blame for all of this. I'm fucking convinced that she is the reason that that video was displayed at all. I'm, I'm still holding with that theory. I'm hoping we find out in the episode tonight because I'd love to be right. <laughs> 700 days. High school is just 700 days out of the possible 20,000 or 30,000. It's just 700. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up and get it back against the wall. Now, Marcus and Rachel, blow your fucking head off. Yeah, Marcus and Rachel. Took it too far. Took it too far. Stray bullet to those two, not an issue. (laughs) We're kind of thinking there's acceptable levels of murder, right? (laughs) It's the old, we said this before, the old Michael Scott, if you're in a room with Hitler, Saddam Hussein or Toby and you only have two bullets, who do you kill? What do we do, Dom? We shoot Toby twice. (laughs) Oh God, I'm nearly I'm nearly done on my my third watch through of. Are you of at this. the point that Michael's gone? Yeah, you're in the non-Michael season. I'm in the. They're uh, still good. They're still they're good, good, but I don't enjoy it as much. No, he's it's he's the good. the heart of it. Uh, the um, I was... plop and <laughs> what they what do they call the other oh, guys? They, they have oh Dwight Junior. They haven't got into it yet. I haven't got as far as them yet. The but... guy that plays plop. <laughs> is um he's actually been in loads of things like like now like he's actually transitioned into like movie acting big things well at work today i was on a i was on quite a long call with with some people today like a training session um for like over an hour and um while i was doing that the 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 team that's based in the u.s had a a, a, the office quiz like they had a dunder mifflin quiz and i was like what I didn't get to join. That's so so unfair. So they're going to do another one just because I kicked up a fuss. So you oh, need you to better, do another one so I can you join. You better it. do well. You better represent. Just just like to say that on pretty much all the quizzes I join at work, I I win. <laughs> I either win or come second. So what? What's your favourite all all time episode of The Office? If you had to pick one, I'm not sure. Really I can mine sure. and Ephenies is definitive. Definitive is the dinner party episode. Mm. It is the song. One. The she took me by the hand, made me a man. <laughs> that plas- one night, <laughs> the TV, the plasma TV. Yeah, she <laughs> throws so Dundee small. at it. <laughs> you know, she did that in one take. I've seen some of the extras, like one take, but. Uh, so good <laughs> so good anyway sorry yeah okay. and the scott tots scott's tots episode oh it's just it's... painful isn't it it's painful hey mr scott what you gonna do what you gonna do make our dreams come true <laughs> sorry okay ah oh, so good right so marcus doesn't want to let them in let nathan in and uh, skills just manhandles him, grabs him, throws up against the wall, and just says, "She says it's him, it's him." Which what I liked about this moment is, and we we've spoken about this previously. This sort of implies that skills and Haley have been friends for a long time, which of course they would have, because they are kind of both sides of Lucas's kind of best friends, right? Like you know, for basketball and. You know, generally with the Rivercourt guys and then Haley. So of course they would have a friendship, right? So 
I like that. Yeah, I think the connection between the Rivercourt guys and Haley, you you would you assume that they are they're all really close. You know, they've all mm. they've all hung out together quite a lot and know each other very well. You know, that's yeah. why she knows Jimmy and Jimmy immediately says, you know, that there's a moment where he says, you know, I liked you and you know, with the whole phone thing and it it all sort of stems from that like when was the last time you spoke to me and you know, actually she was on tour for quite a while so you can't really blame her for that can you jimmy I mean, like, if did any... you buy any tickets did you come out yeah. on when i was on the road have you bought a single <laughs> do you know who chris keller is <laughs> kellerinstinct.com do you know jimmy <laughs> oh dear she he doesn't he doesn't know because he's not a good friend i know we can joke all we want, but I won't have you disrespecting Jimmy on this podcast. Because <laughs> really, you are Jimmy, so you'd be disrespecting yourself. Oh, and God. I'm not having that. Dominic. Dominic made a gun gesture to his own head. And I'm, I'm outing you. <laughs> so, we're in the tutor centre. And uh, when... Nathan comes in. He's there. He's saying, "Okay, look, we we gotta go. Let's let's get out of here." And then this is the moment that they turn, and Jimmy says, "Nope, no one's going anywhere." And he's got the gun out. So now we're in a situation where the cat's out of the bag. He goes over to uh, the desk and he grabs some um, like duct tape out of the drawer, throws it to Nathan and says, right, we need a line down the centre of the room. You stay on that side, I stay on this side. Now, when we, in our watch-along last week, because we'd done the double watch-along the week before, we watched some of the Season 2 DVD extras. We also watched a little mini featurette. It's like maybe six minutes long. And it's called The Anatomy of an Episode. And if people haven't seen it and, you know, are into, uh, you know, the extras and things, it's on the DVDs. Um, it's probably on YouTube somewhere. But it, it shows about how they wrote this episode. And what was really interesting is as much as he's a prick and we hate him, of course, but it shows Mark Schwann in the writer's room and shows them talking about this stuff and uh, and sort of thinking about it and and they said about this, about doing the tape down the centre of the room and this isn't the Breakfast Club and all those kind of things. I mean, Dom, you watched that up until a point because I I had to stop it because there would be spoilers about uh, you know the next episode. But what did you think of that? Did you find it interesting? You kind of said in the last episode that you were interested in some of that writing process. Yeah, just finding out how they put things together and, and the order that they put things together because um, you had mentioned that... Um, that this episode was needed because ratings had started to dip. They needed to, you know, hopefully win another season with the with the um, the network. Uh, network, and um, this was kind of put in, and it was like, how do they fit it within the timeline? You know, and then do they have to change? You know, does episode seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two all have to be different now? Because you know they've there's people that have already thought of what's going to happen it's not like a you know a, a quick and easy change you know to suddenly peyton's got a limp you know <laughs> you know why have we peg got leg, that you know peg leg peyton yeah exactly so it yeah that sort of thing does does fascinate me really inter- interested me and particularly with this and with this storyline it was such a such a key change 
in Tree Hill. You know, the the it's it's a it's a big issue to deal with, and it's a big issue to confront um, in terms of you know the the setting and school shootings and how um, how they occur and how often they occur. You know, and how just brutal they are and how sad they are. Um, but how real the episode was was made to feel as well. Yeah, and it, it, it's just really interesting. And there's uh, there's bits on there with Colin talking about his process of how he was um, at, like approached for the role, and, uh, and and all of those things. Which I've got. It would be so great when we get to talk to him because we can, uh, you know, talk about his process and how he got prepared and everything. Uh, I just realised I don't know. I don't think I sent Lex the link, so I just <laughs> let me just. She has to guess it. <laughs> there we go. I mean, it's the same every time, you know. So, but yeah. So okay, we're now at the point where everyone knows what's going on, and uh, we st- it starts to. We start to get some of the comments and and conversations and some of the dialogue that's that's coming out and some of it is from, you know, why are you doing this? How did this happen? And I'll tell you a comment that's rubbed me the wrong way. The so three times I watched this today and it's rubbed me the wrong way every time. I'm going to do my best to explain it. Sometimes sometimes we can't explain these emotions. Haley says, "You're better than this." Um, now I get that that's from a point of, you know, this isn't you, you're a good guy, etc. But it kind of pisses me off because it's like better than this. He, like, he's not, I don't think he's out there maliciously trying to hurt people. Yes, that's happened. He's a confused kid. You know, he is in pain, real severe pain, like better than this. Like how, like that. People, he's tortured, whether he's tortured by people at school or is torturing himself, and we get more information on that as the episode goes through. But better than this, like, I, I think it is really, I think it's an unfair comment. Does that make sense, or am I being crazy? No, I, I think that that's fair, and that makes sense. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a strange thing to say. It's like saying you're better than this is like saying you are the lowest of the low. And you, mm. you, you're better than that. And I yeah. think that I, you know, I, I kind of think that's unfair. You know, in in you can put it in that context anyway. You know, I'm I'm sure it's not meant to read that way or scan that way. But that's kind of uh, yeah. I think you're right. It's kind of how it comes across. You're better than this. You know, this is the lowest thing that you could possibly be doing. And actually, he he is at his lowest point in life. Yeah. You know, he the he he couldn't fathom doing anything else because. You know, the last thing he tried, the doctor and his mum put it down to an accident, and they said it was oh, a mistake. Gosh. Yeah, and you know, even he even fucked doing that up. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's so sad. That story's so sad. Yeah, and it, it and it just it gets to a point where, how can I get any lower than this? You know, and 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 her implying that he is better than this means that he's, you know, being a bit scummy you know and and it's just yeah it's just out of pure depression and loneliness and hatred and fear and 
so many other words that I could throw in that, you know, describe his anxieties and everything that he's going through. It's just, it's torture, it's pain, it's, it's all of that. It's just, he's just, he, he's a victim really, isn't he? And, and this is the only way he's got left. This is the only, the, the only option he feels like he's got left to, 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 you know, to, to make a stand and to, mm-hmm. to almost fight back. This is, this is all I've got left because I'm not strong enough physically. Uh, I don't have the the words or maybe like the quick wit that other people have, or, you know, I don't have the protection of close friends anymore to be able mm. to support me and fight back. So this is, this is it. I, I can't even, you know, kill myself about someone else saying to me, it was an accident because, mm. you know, little old Jimmy can't, you know, ever, ever get to that point. And surely he's not that bad, you know, and, and nobody's listening to him. It's just completely, just completely alone. Yeah. Well put, well put. Um, so some of this stuff in the classroom might probably, I'm probably going to get out of order, um, but we will hit all of the, the points really. But it kind of goes through each person. So he has conversations with, um, like, like what you touched on. He says, you know, when, when was to Haley? When was the last time we hang out? And he says, I think it transitions to you're almost as bad as my best friend mouth who totally, what did he say? Like abandoned me or ousted me or, um, something like that. It's one of those, like you totally like abandoned me. Um, and then mouth is mouth is in just sort of crying mode right but it's like you never wanted to do anything it's like don't give me that don't don't say that you know you changed you became one of them and uh do you know what the word that kept coming to my mind with mouth is loyalty mm. loyalty like in terms of Like if, uh, and look, it's different because we're not, we're not teenagers, right? But if I, if I make a new friend, it does, uh, I bring you with me. <laughs> this is stupid because we're adults, right? But you know, it's different. We're, but if we're in school, we go together. Like, or it's not, you don't just drop someone. Or even if you, even if there's a different friend group and you're ne- not necessarily want, you're not bringing your friend into that friend group well, you still can maintain a friendship there or can still check in or especially these friends that you have for such a long time. And Rachel kind of kicks in with, don't do that. Don't do that. It's not his fault. It's your fault. Firstly, Rachel, it's none of your, none of your business, right? Um, sec- secondly, you're saying that from a position of privilege because you don't have these problems, right you haven't been left or oh look okay every they're behind every person they're an iceberg with all of their issues underneath i get that but i just to say that it's jimmy's fault sure everyone's responsible we said this in the last episode everyone's responsible for themselves to you know to a certain degree but mouth has some responsibility here a lot of people were backing us up in the comments, by the way, about about this with regards to Mouth. Oh, no, me. You weren't on this train, right? You thought Mouth was all right. 
with the whole Brooke thing in the last episode of introducing to Brooke. How yep. do you feel about Malf in this one? Do you think he's got some responsibility here? Like he oh. could have talked him off the ledge, I thought. He's he's definitely you know part of the part of the responsibility wave, shall we say? You know, ultimately this is this is Jimmy's choice because he's hit that that low as we've discussed. You know that all time low. He's hit that that point of no return um, from that feeling. Well, that's how he feels anyway. Um, and a mouth is a big part of that. The the only reason I, I was saying he's it, it wasn't really an issue for me in the last episode is because mouth had something to clear up one on one with Brooke, and it's awkward if I go, okay, Brooke. If I go, if he goes, you know, right, let's sort this out. And blah, blah, blah. You're not mouth. You're Jimmy. I just yeah. told you. <laughs> if he's trying to sort this this thing out with with Brooke, and he's sort of standing there gawking at him, it's it's a little bit awkward is it? And, a, and a bit weird. So I think him saying like wait here a minute, I'll be right back, would have been okay, and then go over, have your little row with Brooke, and then go back again. But, yeah, he, he ultimately, he's he has a part to play in in the demise of Jimmy. Well, and let's say, um, let's say you have the gun, right? I'm in the classroom, and, okay, I, I've abandoned you or done whatever, I would find it my responsibility to be the the person there leading the charge of hey don't do this Get this it. is <laughs> let, let me take some cuz mouth takes no responsibility at any point can we hold on to this fort lex is here but just hold on to this fort because i i i want to do it i want to get this out we are back but my friends make sure you put on your boots eat your fruits because it's Lex Lutz. <laughs> oh no, that intro. <laughs> Good lord. That is how you pronounce it though. Let's, yeah, okay. And keep it real with that. Lex <laughs> is here. Lex, of course, formerly of Rivercourt fame. This was organized before the podcast even begun, before Dom and I had recorded our pilot. It was important to me to to get to bring Lex on and Ryan that Ryan unfortunately can't make it in this episode but hopefully you know later down the line but the reason was because the River Court got to season three episode 14 so you were so close to this episode so it's important Mm -hmm. that we can get your perspective on this one out but also just let me plug some more stuff for you Lex and Matt's excellent adventure I'll put the the links below my favorite weekly podcast comes out on Saturdays. It's good times, good fun. And then also, of course, the number one Dawson's Creek podcast that is available anywhere in the world. Capeside Chats. Dom hates it. Dom, why do you hate it? Because you're cheating on me with Lex. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, oh, but you guys are every week. That's a special kind of love. I'm the side piece. You're the main. <laughs> you're the main one. You're the the you're the fun mistress. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're the nine to five every week, Dom. But yeah. uh, Lex, how are you? Welcome. I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Thank you for joining us. It's great to great to have you on again. You love you love a controversial episode as well. You love an episode where there's a yeah. lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good lord. This is uh this is definitely one of them. Uh yeah, I 
I was also, I just want to give a little context. I was in high school and I'm in America. So I was in high school in America when this aired. Just throwing that out there. Talk to us about that. Like, can you give us uh, some of your first impressions when you were a first time viewer? What that felt like? Gun crime in America and within schools. Like, was that uh, a real fear for you? Like, talk to us about some of that stuff. Yeah, I feared that a lot. Um, I think that kids now, uh, because shortly after I graduated high school, we had the shooting that happened in um, that Sandy Hook, which was un- unfortunately all elementary school children. Um, and then a couple of years ago, we had the one here in Orlando that has sparked a lot of gun I mean, there's there's so many of them. These are just a few to name. But I feared it a lot. Um, it was a constant thing in my brain. I don't know if it's because I consume media or was into true crime, like because I was, you know, interested in true crime stuff. Um, and so, like, I, I thought of it a lot. And I was, like, kind of like, what do you do in these situations? Everything like that. Um, I think that now kids do have those reactions, but I, I think it's worse now. Um, as terrible as that sounds, you know, it's worse that when when this show aired, uh, this episode was, two, it would have been two thousand eight, I think, something along two thousand seven, two thousand eight, some somewhere in that line. Um, now I know there are a lot of kids who. Um, if you like, you guys have fire drills, right? Like, like fire, like you, ha- you would have to do that in school. So, mm-hmm. you know how you don't like all go outside and gather and everything like that. I mean, that's standard. Well, now kids don't react to fire alarms because shooters use it so frequently to get kids to come out of the, the, the classrooms that a lot you like you'll see videos of kids who are in schools in in America who are just sitting there while fire alarms are going off like so they're just like is it a fire or is it a shooter or is it what you know like it's it's awful here it's truly terrible maybe some listeners will disagree with me on that um i think it's an epidemic in our country um but yeah I, so i feared it for sure I don't think all of my friends were thinking of it the way that I was. Um, But I do remember going into school the next day after watching this episode. And I just kind of like sat down and I was in a really weird state of like being upset. And no one else around me watched One Tree Hill. Like it's gotten a big following after the fact. But one of my friends, I didn't know that she'd watched it. And like I looked at her and she looked the same way as me. We're just kind of like sitting there at lunch, like, ugh. And then I looked over at her and I was like, what? And she's she's like, I'm, I'm worried about Keith. And I was like, I am too. And we <laughs> we just realized in that moment that we were both watching the same show and that we were both having this like really big emotional response to it um, when it aired. Yeah, I mean the weight of of that I, I can't even imagine i mean i didn't watch it until i was like 22 so that was yeah. and that was can't do the maths was it 2009 so we're talking what oh uh, no 
That's right. No, 2010. So what is that after? It's about four. I don't think. No, it wasn't 2010. It was. It was earlier than that. No, no, no. I'm saying when when I watched it was like in 2010. Um, so that's yeah. Um, that's. That's that, do you know what's throwing me off there is like that's actually not that long after it actually aired i guess really it's still like yeah. only like four or five years it's so funny how those periods of your life uh so much happens so quickly like from the yeah. transition of you being in high school to college to we call it university university to mm-hmm. working that's such a small window where yeah. uh, so much happens it feels like it's a longer stretch of time besides the point so mm-hmm. right well we're, we're in let's 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 get into the meat and bones of this so we're in the um we're in the tutor center and it's just been revealed that uh jimmy's got the gun so we're coming to this realization and we were just talking about mouth and mouse responsibility in this and how responsible is he and i was saying about how if I was Malf and that was my friend, that I would be leading the charge of trying to talk him off the ledge in saying that, you know, he uh, he doesn't take a single ounce of responsibility. There's not a single point in this where Malf says, you're right, I'm sorry, I should have I should have paid you more attention, I should have had some loyalty, I should have this, that, and the other. Now, look, there's lots of different ways to go about this, but there's no admittance of responsibility at all dom am i right am i wrong like this motherfucker needs to own up to something and maybe (laughs) things would have changed yeah you're definitely right like he's he's not he he kind of deflects doesn't he a little bit he says you know you you never wanted to come out you didn't want to do anything and it's like why mouth you need to ask the why and he never asked the why, you know, why don't you want to come out? Why don't you want to do these things? It's, it's, it's like, he's gone. Okay, fine. I, I've asked you once. That's, that's all I need to do. I've tried to be a friend and it's not working. And then he's just moved on with his life. You know, people do drift apart and do separate, but it, you know, mouth must've realized that something was going on at some point, you know, if they were really that close before. Yeah. Lex. Thoughts? Yeah. I, I think, um, I mean, I think at the very least for a strategy, why wouldn't you try to get on his side? Why wouldn't you try to, you know, say, hey, like, I made a mistake. I screwed up. Like, I, you know, you would do, like you said, you do anything to, like, talk them down from the situation. Um, Yeah, it's really weird. They, they, I think that they're all in such shock, various, like, stages of it. Um, the only people that I think handle things right in this episode are, I mean, not the only, but like Lucas and Nathan kind of like do things right. You know, like when, when he, when Nathan goes in the hall and he's like, don't say like that because there's someone in here with a gun. Like, I don't know. I just feel like they handled it right, but everyone else is kind of dicey. I don't know. Well, and we've got skills in there. Skills, we love skills. Oh, yeah, how skills look great. How, how can we not? Um, and we always say about how skills kind of, or Anton, Anton Taylor, sorry, the actor, kind of ad-libs his, his lines. And it felt like that in some of in some of this stuff where, like, Jimmy's like, it's pretty messed up, isn't it, skills? And his skills is like, more than kinder, for real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the way he said, 
for real. <laughs> like, it's so good. Um, but it's, uh, we, so we sort of get, we get, we get all of that. And then we get this douchebag, Marcus, um, just being a total prick the entire time. Um, and we even get points where he's saying, I'm not lying for him. I hope, I hope they fry him. Um, I mean, crazy. Making it so much worse. Like, like he's instigating him. I I was amazed that he didn't shoot him. <laughs> as terrible as that sounds, like that situation just feels like you're trying to get shot. We said we'd give him a pass if he'd done it. Um, but uh, I mean, even the 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 phones are ringing, and uh, it's Marcus's phone that's ringing, and Jimmy's saying, "Whose whose phone is that?" And it's like. Even the way that Colin does that, like the voice inflections, like who, whose phone is that? Like all, all of it is so good. So good. Um, Dom, it's his mum's ringtone. And then it gets to the point where he's, he's sort of getting up in uh, Jimmy's face saying, you know, we can charge him. Like there's, there's one of him and, you know, so on and so forth. And it ends with skills punching him. It's a great moment. Uh, how yeah. do you feel about it? Uh, it's a fantastic moment. You know, I think, if I'd have been in that room, let's say, like, pick out, let's pick out, there's an extra character in the room. Or, or Dom's there. I'm, yeah, Dom's, Dom's in the room. Dom's watching this all unfold and thinking, Marcus wants to rush him. Okay, this is what we're going to do, guys. We're going to form a conga line. And what we're going to do, <laughs> Marcus, you're going to be at the front. Rachel, you're going to be next. Mouth, <laughs> yes. you're going to be after that. <laughs> then there. Haley, then Nathan, then me. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna run at him and we're gonna run at him in a straight line <laughs> we're gonna see how we get on <laughs> that uh, as long my... as he doesn't do the one bullet that goes for everyone yeah. you just be <laughs> oh, you just be ducking at the back i'm short enough to not get hit i'm okay <laughs> right You'll be okay. <laughs> that's what i'm thinking but but when Mark, I, I like it. I, I'll be for your plan. If Simon was in there too, though, I would definitely be taking the Abby position. So <laughs> like, I'd be blaming my asthma. I'd be like, I need my inhaler, Jimmy, oh, please. That's what I forgot. Abigail, she can go fourth because mm. she's, she's basically a goner anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she's on the way out. She's a, See she, her through. She's done. <laughs> If anything, or throw Abby. her at Jimmy first. Like <laughs> she might not even survive the fall. Like <laughs> just Alex, did you forget how we get down on this podcast? No, I remembered. I <laughs> I, I remembered. How how can I forget? Every time Is I it... listen, I'm like, oh god, guys. <laughs> well, the the classic where you messaged me and Dom a few weeks ago in the group chat, just saying. A lot of talk about penises in this one and balls. <laughs> it's balls, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember which episode that was, but I was like, guys. <laughs> it made me laugh. Anyway. It's, it's our unique perspective. You've got Total Betty over here, you've got Rivercourt over here, and you've got Ravens over here. And then you've got other mm-hmm. podcasts that don't matter. So we don't talk about them. Not drama queens. They're involved. I mean, other other podcasts. Yeah. But, okay. So uh, so we have that. But then we start getting more of the backstory of, of Jimmy. And Jimmy talks about... Um, it actually comes off of the back of Rachel saying, 
Seven hundred days. There's only seven hundred <laughs> days of high school, which we we talked about earlier. Rachel can fuck <laughs> off. That's kind of our stance <laughs> yeah. on her. Um, but Fair. it leads it leads into Jimmy saying, "Well, how many days do I get back? Do I get the days back where I was spat on? Do I get the days back where uh, my dad came to pick me up and I was and he watched me getting beaten up on the quad?" And I get to see that same look when he left me and my mum. You know, how many of them days do I get back? And he says, you know, uh, he talks about the day that he learned to look at the floor and that there was a day that no one acknowledged him and no one spoke to him. And actually, that was the best day he'd had in a long time. But that was depressing. So he took an antidepressant. And then for fun, he took 12 more. And then, you know, he had took a couple of weeks off. His mum and his doctor said that it was an accident, so to speak, in, in hyphenated brackets. Um, and then when he came back and no one even noticed that he'd gone. That cuts so, so hard. I, I can't mm. even, I can't front on it. Dom, we were talking about tears. I said, I watched this episode three times today, Lex. Well not watched i listened to it while doing things i did watch it once but um i can't lie that had me in tears every single time because that is so real like not only and we spoke a bit about this on the episode 15 and again i never had anything anywhere near anywhere near as bad as this but i remember uh i remember days of of just trying to look at the floor to not antagonize anyone and i'm saying antagonize is even like in just looking at someone i don't even want to make eye contact with someone because i don't want them to suddenly pick me out for 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 no reason you know or um i remember that i had what like one of my friends was off sick for a day and uh or a couple of days and i remember having a full day of not speaking to anybody no one like and i remember i remember being aware of it being like i just went a whole day without having a conversation um and again i i like i i wasn't bullied or anything like that but i'm saying if if that's if i can just have a a a tiny inkling of what that could feel like there are people like jimmy in real life that are experiencing this at a level of you know, a million times worse than what I'm describing. There's so much pressure to have on such a young person. Um, it's just, it, it's such good writing um, and it feels so real. Sorry, I'm just rambling, but I just, there we go. No, it does. Next. And high school sucks. Like, that's, I mean, so much happens on this show that's like, out like crazy out there high school you know on crack or whatever like but but this is okay this is the other half of people in high school who are not popular who do not go to parties who you know don't have friends um yeah it's just it's rough i i will say it's hard to he feels like a sympathetic character and is in the performance is fantastic. Such a great job of making him a sympathetic character. But it's also like 
it's so frustrating to watch because you're like, okay, so he took all of these pills and like his mom and his doctor just wrote it off. And they're like, even just a couple years ago, this would be what, 13, 14 years ago, whatever. We weren't doing anything about mental health. And even now we're barely doing anything. Like it's a little bit better, but it's just, it's incredibly frustrating and sad to think about. And yeah, I, I think that this was like a very difficult role to play and he did a fantastic job doing it. Yeah. It's like that line in the Joker, you know, the new one with Joaquin Phoenix where it says, uh, the biggest joke about mental health is that people that have mental health issues have to act as if they don't, you know? (laughs) Um, but Dom, how, how did you feel about the sort of layered in backstory of how Jimmy had, got to this situation because it's more than what we had been given in the previous episode yes it's it's just when he's kind of going through his just like the whole scenario the whole situation and people not knowing his surname and you know like he says to abigail what's my name and she says oh jimmy and that's only because you know Haley said it or someone else has said it in the room and um you know they just they just have no idea what his surname is and, and just this whole, the whole experience that he's gone through. He's kind of, he, he's, he's laying his heart out, isn't he? He's pouring his heart out. He's, he, you know, really speaking from, from kind of what, what's left of his soul. And, um, it, it's just, it's really, really heartbreaking. It's so sad, but you know, I, I'm quite an anomaly when you, when you come to people that went to like secondary school and, and enjoyed it. I, I really, really enjoyed school. I had a, a good experience at school. Um, and yeah, okay. There's, there's shit days. There always is. And there's dickheads that upset you and that's always going to happen. But I guess I was lucky. I guess I'm fortunate to have been in the boat that didn't have, you know, extended periods of, you know, loneliness or sadness or, or being picked on or, or any of that. And it, you know, how fortunate is that? So to, to see someone in that position, you know, on a screen and, and someone doing it so well, you know, like Lex was saying, it's just, just so brilliantly done and, and performed it is, is genuinely heartbreaking. And you would step up, wouldn't you? You know, Simon, you were saying last week that there's been a couple of people that you've come across in, you know, schools or college or whatever that have just been lonely and you've kind of stepped in and, and made that, that little bit of difference to their life by taking them out for a day or, you know, whatever it was. And, and you just hope, you just hope for that little inkling of humanity. And it just isn't in this school. It just isn't there. Mm. And, and, and there's, there's, there's no touch of humanity towards him. And he's, that's it. He's just, he can't take it anymore. Yeah. It's super rough. And, and it's funny how this stuff really, um, impacts on, on your life beyond like the things that happen to you when you're young, because I mean, my whole, uh, my whole organization or care service is all focused around including people. And, um, I've had conversations with people before and many like with my wife and about how, if I hadn't had moments and felt some of these things, then I feel like I wouldn't have that understanding of what that feels like. It kind of helps impact on, uh, having empathy or of actually inclusion is the greatest gift that you can give people for people to f- be part of something and to have that identity and to feel comfortable and for it to be non-judgmental um so as much as 
as much as like it, some of these things are painful to look back on i wouldn't have it any other way because i would feel like a different person i feel like it gave me a different perspective um now obviously again i'm speaking from a place of privilege because i wasn't having things at the level that jimmy's having it on this is like life-changing bullying that happens to so many people and way more people than we're probably even aware of right because people not everyone speaks up about it i mean i like some of the things that jimmy describes though like i went through like i had people spit on me in high school i had i was called i'm gonna use the term i was called a dyke um i had someone grab me a guy grab me by the my backpack and slam me to the ground like i had things happen to me in high school and i i I just want to like go the other side of the corner i didn't take a gun in and shoot anyone i didn't hurt anyone and i think to your credit too simon where you took an experience that you had or experiences and you made a choice of what kind of person you're going to be and as much as i do want to give like credit to the acting and everything like jimmy also made a choice and he made a mm. wrong one. He mm. he chose in this moment. I'm not talking about when he tried to take his own life. That's separate. But for him to go out and hurt others, like he should have gotten help when, when he tried to take his own life. That's the response to that. When he tried to take others' lives, that's like he he just chose that that he made that decision and you know, he didn't get into college. Like, okay, but well, you can go to a community college and like there's there's 20 different ways to deal with this that doesn't involve violence against another human being or human beings. And so it's like, I, so I'm like, yeah, I, I bullying is terrible, but also like kind of fuck you, Jimmy. Like, like <laughs> seriously, like you're, you know, what? It, well, it's just, it's a, it's a very frustrating thing. We, we had a, a brief sort of conversation about intent um, mm-hmm. uh, of this episode and and is is jimmy you know a victim here and so on and so forth and he's a, he's a victim to a degree but actually he picked up the weapon he put it yeah. in his pocket he took it to school there, there's intent from 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 mm-hmm. as soon as he picked up that gun he intended to go in and do something with it you know whether it's to scare people or to whatever and i said that he, even even as a threat that that's in, intent to do harm you know even yeah. if he didn't fire it you know, and that's... Right. And that's great writing, too, that we can see him as both a victim and a villain of the story at the same time. Yeah, it, it definitely has to have that sense of bit being premeditated because, like Dom <laughs> said, he he brought the gun there. It wasn't like a spontaneous in the moment, you know, like I use the example of as if he went behind someone was going to punch him in the back of the head. Right. Yeah. Like as in. He hadn't thought about that that morning. He just has his fist here and then I'm going to make this choice. Am I going to hit them or not? I hit them, something bad happens. I decide not to. That's a choice. But he's made the choice that his, my, I'm, I've acquired this gun somehow. I'm taking it with me. And then he pulls it out. And then the next choice is to fire it or not, you know. And, and he, yeah, he makes all of the wrong choices. Also, just wanted to say, Lex, that... Uh, if you want to give us the names of the people that spat, that pulled the, you know, the the bag and pulled you down or whatever, Dom and I will be there in 2025. Dom well, that... uh, does have martial arts training, and I'm very good at verbally, um, you know, insulting people from standing behind him. 
<laughs> What's weird is both of those incidents that I described, those two that you just mentioned, complete strangers. No clue who they were. No no names or nothing. It was just a ran- random things that were happening to me in the hallways or whatever. And I like and I I did have friends too that I still have to this day and like it wasn't all bad either. Like it's just mm. it's such a I I mean I also think they're doing a better job of addressing these issues now than they did before maybe sadly because of the violence but you know it's i think we're a little bit better at dealing with bullying um i have some friends i know ryan um from Rivercourt. he was also bullied a lot in high school like he had a very bad experience in high school and middle school so yeah it's just it's an unfortunate common thing but you know i i think and i know you guys agree with this we want to make sure we don't like give him like oh it's okay that he got like I, you know like no 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 like if he would have punched someone in the face in the moment like you were saying that would have been a different situation but this is like yeah like you said intention he intended to either kill someone or scare the shit out of them Mm. in and both of those are not acceptable like they're two different forms of terror that are not acceptable yeah, for sure. We definitely aren't condoning his actions at all. Um, but I think the way we do have sympathy and empathy for him yeah. in the way that it's been built up. Uh, and I think more than anything, we just wish we could be his friend. Like I just wish that, and we'll get to it with Keith at the end because that's such a uh, oh man, so good. But okay, I watched, I watched the clip of the end i didn't get to watch the episode beforehand but i've seen it so many times like the show the first four seasons in particular but i watched you guys like and as we're watching the clip um because simon sent it to me and i was like having like chills up my spine like it was it was getting me that much just watching that clip so yeah yeah i need to put that out on instagram uh the people like pigeons you can have a glimpse you can have a glimpse <laughs> at his reaction if throw you want the full yeah yeah <laughs> we'll throw you a morsel but if you want the full stuff you know the full week weekly highlight reactions then you know what you need to do you need to dust off your dirty pigeon feathers and become a raven um but right okay so we get we get some more back and forth. We get Abby's speech. It also broke me into tears, Dom, with the um how can you be so mean? This is off the back of Marcus saying, oh, I hope I hope they fry you, you know, like electric chair, I'm guessing yeah. he's, he's talking about. And 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 Abby saying, How can how can we be so mean? How you know, it's not possible. We're just kids. <sighs> Dom directing that at marcus though isn't she because she says how how is yeah. your heart so yeah. dark or something totally like that? oh it, yeah you know, totally it's at it's like, at him but it's perfect right definitely yeah i, I mean she, and she's right it's just we're just kids we're just you know supposed to be living our lives and then eventually we grow up and you know we're not those kids anymore and mouth kind of t- mouth tries to steal that kind of sentiment <laughs> a little bit halfway through doesn't he a cheeky little scamp oh, with- <laughs> He goes with the the scientists and the artists. They never fit in. Shut the fuck up, mouth. Get against the wall now before I blow your big mouth dick off. You understand me? I'm blowing them gonads off. Fucking prick. And once again, dicks. They're brought back in. (laughs) Gotta bring them in. It'd been too long. 
There'd been no dick chat. We, I don't know how up to date you are on the podcast, but Dom and I have a theory that mouth has the massive wang. Yeah, I, I'm aware. Okay. All right. Once again, as I said in the group chat, this is not my uh, wrong demo, you know, <laughs> you know, but okay. I accept this. <laughs> I just yeah. people I'm not sure if these conversations are being had and I feel like they need to be and this is the place <laughs> to facilitate them. Um yeah, Mouth does try and chip in with the the scientists and the what and look, I'm a massive Mouth fan. Um I am. He's here staring at me in massive form on my wall. Um but not in these moments. I'm not with it. I feel like okay. So uh, we move forward a little bit more and we're talking about a plan, you know, or what do you want? And Jimmy says, oh, I don't know. I want to crap a million dollars in the plane ticket to Bolivia, uh, which I thought was quite funny. Um, and it sort of gets to a point of, well, okay, he hears a noise in the in the hallway or anyone that, oh, no, no, sorry, I'm jumping way ahead. Abby, Abby's sick because she's diabetic. Right? Mm -hmm. So talk, talk to us about Abby Dom. I mean, she looks like the weakest of the bunch. So, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> She's Maybe. the she petal on the sick. flower that's Maybe. about to fall. Yeah. Maybe she we looks put very her Ill. at the front of the conga line. <laughs> Just be done with it. Um, you haven't yeah. got long left, love. All right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh Take one for the team, would you? You're on your way out. You might as well just go out. Literally, go out with a come out with a bang. <laughs> you might as well do a good thing while you're going. Exactly. You know, you're saying our kids are so mean these days. You know, <laughs> doing us all a Pass favor. it on. Yeah, pay it forward. Pay it forward, Abby. Abby Brown. Abby Brown. Abby Gail Brown. Well. She she has a really good moment, doesn't she? She you know she she lays it all out on the line, to basically calls Marcus out for being a horrendous piece of shit, um, and then just you know explains that we're just a, a room of kids and this this shouldn't be happening, and she starts to get a bit a bit woozy and a bit faint and she looks incredibly pale <laughs> and she does look very ill, yeah. and th this is where we get the um, the the moment of Haley discovering that she's she's diabetic and asking where her insulin is, and we discover it's like the other side of the quad. I, I don't know how big the quad is. Yeah. Um. Usually campuses are pretty big here. Um. I, Tree Hill seems to be a relatively small town, but I would assume that they probably also have kids coming in from like other nearby little towns. So. I would say it's probably pretty big and even and look even in the scenario if it's right outside the door he can't really let her go get it right outside the door <laughs> you know like he, he can't just be like all right just pop out there real quick like he he's in a situation where he has to completely let her go which is kind of that that's why he's freaking out he has to completely let her go or keep holding her hostage and she could die or whatever um so yeah like i, I but i I mean, I'm sure it was far away. I don't know. And and we get the the kind of with the the discovery that her insulin is in her locker is is there and uh which is just bad 
diabeticing 101 I, yeah i i was thinking the same thing i'm like you know it, it would definitely be with the nurse yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. you know like it, it would responsible. be it would have to be refrigerated it would have yeah like there's yeah. there's a there's a whole series to of, Haley. Uh... Haley will know what to do with it you know? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um th this is this is the moment of discovery of of is there another is there another shooter because you know jimmy has yeah. made it clear that there's someone else out there you know do you think i'd come in and do this on my own and then we get to that point of, you know, she gets out the door and she's out the door and then she doesn't move. Um, and you think, oh, God, you know, diabetic coma setting in. And then, you, you know, actually, it turns out she's just too scared. She she doesn't she doesn't want to move because there could be someone else out there with a gun. And kind of Haley starts asking the question, like, is there someone else out there, Jimmy? And he's like, does this, you know, really look like it, it's planned? You, you know, it's going the way, you know, the, these things go and he says there isn't anyone out there go and this th there's that there's that element of humanity this this is where we see what what jimmy never got um you, you know from from anyone else in the school was just that one caring moment that could have made a difference and he's made a difference mm -hmm. to that girl's life by letting her go and 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 letting her survive you know and we, we talk about intent so he has taken the gun in and the intent the intent is to do something but it's probably not to harm the people he's locked in the room with except maybe marcus and rachel because they're both dickheads yeah, um, they can have yeah. it clearly jimmy just wanted to kill rachel that was the whole plan yeah that <laughs> you know was what? it I, I have a theory that rachel is like to blame for the the video going out I think oh it's, yeah okay i think it's rachel that's done it but i don't know yet so yeah that's interesting Unless it was Dan. <laughs> Damn it, Dan. All planned Damn from the beginning. Dan. When you just said about her a diabetic coma, I thought you were joking. But then as I thought about it, like that, uh, I mean, she was pretty close to, to that, isn't it? Like when she like freeze yeah. for a minute. So that actually could have been a plausible plausible thought the way that she runs away, where it's sort of like the, the free running, you know, of like, yeah the sort of yeah i i liked it it was um yeah it was just like like it's not like tom cruise composed running it's running with everything you can to just get away plus she's actually probably quite sick i just like <laughs> to say one thing and you're both gonna roll your eyes or you know pull whatever reaction you're gonna pull but there's a distinct lack of piss on people's trousers <laughs> <laughs> might be That's dark fair. colors they might have black jeans on you just don't know yeah because i yeah. reckon i'm in a room with someone with a gun i'm yeah i'm pretty much wearing my own urine <laughs> yeah agreed. sorry about that jim okay i'm sorry i made the floor wet but you know you did you know point a gun maybe it's like the face. office like they had a designated piss corner like we need to, we need to like dwight like okay this is the corner we've established a pee corner <laughs> We've been in here for one hour. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, that, that works. The, the four bucket system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so then the the next part is um, Jimmy saying that the next person that is in that hallway is dead, and they're trying to talk him round. They're saying you can change it. You don't need to do this. Um, and. Mouth's even saying, look, I can come with you and, you know, it'll be okay and this, that and the other. But it's all a little, too little, too late. And uh, so we've already spoken about Lucas and, and Peyton. Um, 
I will just ask you, Lex, because I asked Dom, interested for your opinion. Yeah. Does Lucas get a pass for the Peyton kiss in the eyes of Brooke? If he, if it comes out, if he tells, obviously Dom doesn't know, but uh, in that situation, does Lucas get a pass or should he have not allowed the kiss to happen? He gets a pass for me, even if it was a situation exactly like the the love triangle there that is so complicated and messed up and has hurt Brooke in many ways. Um, yeah, he gets a pass. Sorry. Like, I, I just don't. I don't see. And and in that moment, yes. Okay, so Brooke's not there witnessing it. But, like, he just lets her kiss him. But he's not, like, oh, like super into it, trying to make out with her or anything weird like that. He just, he's kind of in shock, too. He just lets it happen. And he's like, okay, well, she's really upset right now. If he would have pulled away and made it like a weird conversation in that moment when she's bleeding out, that's no. I think he handled it the best way that he possibly could. Excellent. Good. Well, we we agreed with you. Um, Cool. Just to let that be known. So, well, we talked about them up to the point of getting into the corridor. So I'm just going to get Jimmy to the corridor and then we're going to skip over or skip back and talk about what's been going on outside the school because we need to talk about about Keith, about Dan, uh, about Brooke as well and Glenda and about that bit. And then we're going to finish in the hallway uh, with what happens there. And then we're going to get to our judgment. So we do have quite a bit to get through in the next 42 minutes. So... Allow me to take the will, my friends. So we're going to leave that there for a second because what well what what happens here is as Lucas's fresh hold carrying Peyton out of the library, the door slams behind him. He's sort of a Homer Simpson dolt moment because the noise has happened and Jimmy's heard the noise and he says, "Well, I guess that's my cue." Then as he's leaving, he says, "They're going to remember me as a monster." I wonder how they're going to remember all of you or each of you. I might butcher that one of those. Big moment, big line. I mean, that kind of, that sums up a lot. May I get a reaction? Yeah, that's really sad and upsetting. Excellent. Dom, may I also have a reaction? Uh, He's kind of sealed his own fate, hasn't he? He's, he's, making it very clear that he's not coming back from this just from that that point you know whether he walks out and there's 10 police officers that are about to shoot him because he won't let go of the gun you know he's going to make this he's going to make someone else do it i'm going to walk out there i'm going to hold the gun i'm going to wave it about and they're, is they're that what have, you thought would happen yeah potentially they're going to have like no choice but to to to, to take him take him out you know take him down that, and, uh, um suicide by cop yeah what it's called yeah the, that that kind of thing you know I, I think i said on the watch along you know jimmy's gonna end up in prison for a long time but i was thinking mm. the whole time he's he's not gonna make it out of the school uh, yeah you know other than in a black bag um body bag yeah and yeah i, I kind of thought oh maybe this is his design you know they're gonna call me a monster but actually he's just alone he's just sad and this is this is his way of dealing with it, and he's going to make someone else do it because, you know, why not? And then it progresses from there. Yeah. 
so we'll we'll cut there for a second so they're about to go into the hallway let's cut outside let's talk about dan keith and karen quickly because that, that actually doesn't take too much time uh karen's role in this isn't that much she's just there she's like she's panicking she can't even remember what lucas was wearing to school that day keith is <laughs> we all know what her. lucas was wearing to school that day he she was, was taking care thing. of brooke too like she was i love that she stepped up for brooke in this episode if i remember correctly yeah yeah that's right yeah, yeah. i mean uh, we'll get to brooke in a second but yeah karen goes and sort of signs out brooke because yeah. she doesn't have a parent there mm-hmm. um keith uh is sort of calming calming her down and then uh dan is there and dan is sort of is talking at first to principal turner saying how did this happen what, what about the security at the school principal turner so epic love him I, w- I really hope to get him on the podcast at some point uh the actor that he was saying that um you know well the the security guards have nightsticks they don't have guns uh you we don't have metal detectors because the pta which you're a member of dan said that it made the school look unsafe it's like such a great uh you know catch 22 paradox at my school, we did not have metal detectors, but we did have an armed sheriff police officer at all times on campus. Wow, and he was armed with gun, like a gun and a taser. So, yeah. I don't know if he ever used the taser, but yeah. Did he use the gun? Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. I think that was assumed that it's a no, Simon, but yeah. I think it was left. <laughs> Omnimininess, wasn't it, Dom? Like Unintentional. That, so that Unintentional. No, no, no. Comment there, like, I don't think he ever uh, used the taser. To my knowledge. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Out of context, that is very funny. I can't believe I said that. But um, they used to always have half a clip only for the gun. Oh, I don't know where those bullets went. There are a few kids missing. Yeah. But... No, because I remember him like walking by. He was like he was kind of a nice dude, but like I remember him walking by a couple times and like seeing the gun and the and I didn't grow up around a lot of guns and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, that makes me really uncomfortable. Like I understand that the principal's like back of like, well, it makes people uncomfortable to have that. It makes them feel like they're unsafe somehow. Like that's the paradox of it, you know that we we rarely see guns here in the uk but i think one of the few places you can see them at times is in an airport uh, i think we're gonna go birmingham <laughs> i was gonna say ryan and i went to the mall like two weeks ago and had like had lunch at the mall or whatever and like there was someone with a gun in there like in the holster like just you know we think he was like a plain clothes police officer but could have could have not been we don't know any, anyone, but it's, it's still like <laughs> it could have been anyone. It's still like a novelty to, to to me anyway, a little bit to see a police officer with a gun and go, oh look, that cop, yeah. that, that cop has got. Oh, a your gun. your cops don't have guns. No. Well, so, some special, yeah, special they're regular police. Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. You're gonna say so, what? I was so if say. like a cop pulls you over, for like a but, speeding, he's not gonna have a gun, or she's no. not gonna have a gun. No, the, the that most, makes sense. The most they'll have is a taser. So the, the, the majority yeah. of them are, are trained to use tasers now, but they ha- they mm. you have to be a specialist firearms officer to have. Once that, again, I ask, do you guys want me to come live there? Like, <laughs> come on, man, come over. Jesus, we'll find I'm, space for you. Wow, Simon, in Simon's that's, mansion somewhere. That's <laughs> wild to me. You know, our our cops are like SWAT teams and stuff. Like they're decked out. So yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's an anomaly. Uh, you see them some very rarely sometimes. Like, but like Dom said, they're like specially trained and yeah. But uh, so I got distracted because Luna headbutted her way through the door. She literally <laughs> the door closes like seals, you know, with like mm. the door handle. But she just forces her face till the door opens and she does it every episode about this sort of time <laughs> and so she's here now <laughs> yeah i'm surprised sammy's not making trouble but he's just passed out back there like i think he's alive anyway continue <laughs> oh we hope so but okay so we also get the exchange with dan talking to like the sort of head sheriff or police officer guy we touched on this already earlier, Dom, where he says, we just hope and pray that Tree Hill High doesn't become another catchphrase. It just gets whispered about to the end of time, which is a line that really hits hard. Uh, but Dan the whole time is pushing, saying, look, we know where the guy is. We just, uh, you know, you should be doing something. And they're saying, you know, it's a static situation. We need the sort of crisis negotiator to arrive and, and this, that, and the other. Nathan texts... Uh, he he lied to Jimmy and he actually did have his phone and he texts um, Dan and says that you know there's only one shooter we're in the shooter center it's Jimmy so on and so forth so Dan sort of knows and then Keith at this point is saying look I know I know this kid he's not a bad kid let me in there you can get me in there no one needs to know uh, and I can talk him down and Dan say no 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 now obviously we know that that must be obviously what happens we don't actually ever see Dan approve it and them say this is going to happen but obviously Keith shows up in the corridor which we'll talk about in a minute but so we which that's I already... will say I think Dan did that to protect Nathan not to protect Keith when he's saying no 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 don't go in it's more of a like don't go in scare this dude and then kill my son I think that's Ooh. what that meant. Yeah, that makes sense. And Lucas, because we we know that Dan yeah. secretly does, you know, love Lucas as well. So this, um, but obviously we're seeing that off camera that has been a thing that Dan has allowed, got Keith access into it without people knowing about it. Um, and then if we, well, Dom, let me ask you on, on that point. At any point in the build-up, did you think anything was going to happen to Keith? Like in any of these points here, did you think that anything, any alterations were going to happen, or was that completely? Did that come out of left field? Um, as soon as Keith started saying, "I want to go in," then my mind started thinking, "Oh shit!" Like Jimmy's going to make a mistake. He'll do it by accident. He'll be like, because Jimmy's waving the gun about quite a bit in that scene. I'm thinking. I think I was sitting there like this, like most of the time, like with like slightly squinted eyes, like basically like Lucas, and I'm worrying that the gun was <laughs> was gonna go off, uh, and like he'd hit Keith, and then that would be like him done for, and him just going, oh my god, what have I done? Um, and then that doesn't happen, so you're like, oh, okay, I can relax now, and then you see some shoes appear, and this hand pick up the gun, and it's like ah, um, but yeah, you you. you People kind of in, in these scenarios, they they they're set up for a reason, aren't they? You know, they're this person's saying, "I want to go in there. I can do this. I can do that." And you can't help but feel, well, I can't anyway, that that something bad is is going to happen to them. And, and... Yeah, I I thought they were going to shoot Lucas. I thought he was going to shoot Lucas. I remember that when I was watching it, I was genuinely concerned because he's in that like trapped animal kind of like 
the school's on lockdown. Why are you here? Whatever. Like I, and even if it was an accident, like, like you were saying, I, that's, that was my concern in that moment. I actually did, forgot about Keith wanting to go in. Like I forgot about Keith until he stepped into the picture. Well, let's, let's pause on that for a second. I know we all want to talk about that part, but let's Sorry. just, that's just, no, 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 it's good. Let's, so let's pause there for a second. Let's move over to Brooke. So Brooke, she's got out of the, out of the school, but she's in like the, uh, maybe the basketball hall or, or you know in, in a building where parents are coming in and sort of checking people out we she has the interaction with the reporter that is trying to just sort of maximize off of this tragedy who is just a complete and utter biatch i mean it's absolutely crazy that brooke is sort of saying this is you know insensitive you should be ashamed of yourself the reporter makes a point of coming back to Brooke later just to be like, well, how much time did you spend with Jimmy Edwards? Maybe you should be shamed of yourself. Why is it that you're taking it upon yourself as like someone in your 30s or 40s to like insult, damage and try and get one over on a 17 year old child? You crazy, crazy bitch. Gail Leary fuck? would never do that. Never. <laughs> Gail would He's talking about Gail Milf Leary. <laughs> Gail. Yes. Sorry, Dawson's Creek thing. Moving on. <laughs> we were deciding she's a milf, but it's all it's all love. Yeah. Dom, what's wrong with this reporter? Why is she being such a biatch? Um, because she's got a massive stick shoved up her ass. <laughs> How big's the stick? Are we talking python size? Probably, yeah. Sure. She's just an idiot. What a Agreed. terrible character and what a complete waste of life. <laughs> facts. <laughs> Big Agreed. facts. Well, we then get a parent that comes over to, to Brooke saying, oh, Brooke, do you know where Glenda is? And Brooke is like, who? And she's like, Glenda, you know, you're fr she said your friend, she's in your class. And she said, Glenda, I thought you said Brenda. Yeah, I'll go find her. And then Brooke goes outside and cries. Now we know Sophia Bush has a fantastic cry. We we see it. Uh, and we sort of get this whole thing where she goes and sees Glenda and Glenda is, has lied because she doesn't have any friends. And, um, you know, she knows who Brooke is, Brooke, so on and so forth. Uh, Lex, how do you feel about that situation? That was heartbreaking. Um, Brooke handled it well. Like she handled it well in that moment, but yeah, Sophia Bush crying and that, that got me, like you were saying, these, there are these moments in it where you're just like, you're just losing it because it's so intense. That was definitely one of those moments. Um, and I think that gets into like the guilt feeling too, of like, could I have done something to stop this and all of that that is weighing on them? I think mouth as well. Yeah, well, and the message is just about kindness. We need to be kind to to people, to everyone, because we don't know what's going on with everyone. Uh, Dom, how did you find um, that storyline? Like, I mean, it's adjacent to the Jimmy situation, really, right? Uh, for a brief moment, I thought that um, Glenda's mum would come up and ask and say to Brooke, have you seen Glenda? You're, you're Brooke, right? You're friends with her. And Glenda would be the second shooter. Oh, that That's, would have been really interesting, yeah. And, and and they're like, who the hell are you talking about? And then oh. realize that Glenda is just as lonely and has joined Jimmy in the... That would have been great writing. Or it, it like it like cuts and uh, Jimmy opens the door and Glenda comes in. 
into the tutor center with the yeah wow yeah that, that was my initial <laughs> initial thought anyway and then no know, i love that that would have been that would have been like scary as hell but mm. amazing like a big a big twist for sure there you go so have that one but then again <laughs> if they had each other then they probably wouldn't have done it in the first place you'd think Unless they were true mm. psychopaths, yeah, they truly got just to a that. Coin- they just coincidentally, craziness. they just coincidentally did it on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I thought you was doing this on Monday. I do Thursdays. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so I think we can get there. Then we get. Oh god, this breaks me every single time for so many different reasons. I said to Dom, I'm actually nervous talking about this because I don't want to break on the podcast. But okay, so. Jimmy goes into the hallway. There's Lucas uh, with Peyton, and it's like Jimmy, she's 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 going to die, or she's losing a lot of blood. I need to let her go. And as you said, Lex, he said the school is on lockdown, and the way that his like voice breaks as he's saying it, uh, and then out of nowhere, which is actually I've always seen it as like a comedy beat is suddenly out of the wings comes yeah. Keith. And he's just like, what is going on? The school is on lockdown. Um, <laughs> that was, was a little funny. That moment, well, I, it's terrible, but it is a little bit like, Haha, like clown jumping in. What's up? Like, ooh. The, the way Jimmy responded was was like a classic, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's going on? The school is on lockdown. But then uh, and Keith, just sort of he's talking to Jimmy, but he's edging and edges in front of Lucas. It's such a like a, a dad type move. Uh, obviously, Dom's theory has never been stronger that Keith is Lucas's biological dad. Am I right, Dom? Uh, absolutely. You know, it's it's referenced a number of times. Don't worry, our boy will be fine. <laughs> I'll go and get our boy. I love you, son. All that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> remember 17 years ago when i inseminated you <laughs> i'm gonna make sure that our offspring is safe <laughs> best line of the show yeah. <laughs> it's just so delivered so heartfelt you know um and he's saying you know look jimmy that that darkness that that pain it goes away like i've been there uh, and he's saying lucas lucas go i love you go um and and lucas leaves um okay i, I want to jump in for your reactions as we go but okay dom lucas leaves we're squaring off now we're getting into the conversation jimmy and and keith what were you thinking at this point i'm thinking jimmy's waving that gun around and i had said it on the previous episode i listened back uh, i said that karen and karen and keith are happy and it's really nice, and they're going to have a happy episode. And then I said, it probably won't last long. And this is my, this is the exact moment where it doesn't last long. It lasted an episode, whether we're happy or like about three episodes or whatever. And then we get to get to tragedy, and tragedy strikes. I was thinking something's, something's definitely going to go wrong here. And uh, yeah, I, ge- I genuinely thought Jimmy will be waving the gun around, and it'd go off, and then it would be kind of like... They're going to storm the building and it will it will happen that way. But, you know, it just, it went from, it, it, this is like peak emotion now, like getting to this point and, and Keith laying it all out as well and saying, 
I, I've been there. I've, I've been you. I've been that lonely. I've been that sad, depressed. I bought the gun. You know. You know. I've kind gun, of. Yeah. I've got yeah. to this point, and there is a way out. It says that that voice in your head. It it's wrong, Jimmy. It will go. It will go away. And then the way that Colin playing Jimmy. <laughs> Is like he says, and it breaks me every time. He says it hurts. It always hurts, and he's just like thumping on his on his chest. I had to wonder, and this will be a question that I have to ask him when he's on the pod cast. Damn you, Dominic! Um, is that did he did he have a pad there, like on his on his chest? Because he's super like thumping it, and you can hear it in his voice. I mean, you can hear it like in my voice when I'm doing that, like the way that it sort of reverbs. He's like, it always hurts. And then he's sort of going into, I'm not even here. It's like he's sort of going into this. Yeah, he was dissociating. So he was separating from reality. His mind was, um, that's a common thing with post-traumatic stress disorder, things like that, um, where you're just kind of losing touch with reality in that moment. It's, It's crazy. And this, the... You know, I can't come back from this. I can't take this back. Um, oh, a line we didn't touch on earlier is when he's like, if I don't have this gun, then, you know, this conversation doesn't happen. That happened earlier, but I just like the delivery on it. It's all in this. But the way he can go through those levels, uh, like I'd love to know. I'd love to see him in other things because the, this performance is from zero to a hundred because he was like essentially like a, an extra in the first two episodes, right? To being to this, the front runner and it all revolving around him is crazy. But then ultimately he, he says, sorry, he takes the gun and he puts it to his chest, pulls the trigger. Uh, Lex, do you remember how you felt when you first saw that? I mean, I was, it was upsetting. Um, I was relieved that he didn't kill anyone else in that moment. That's what I was. And then you, you also forgot in that moment, he thinks that he's killed Peyton. Remember, he's saying she's going to die. So he thinks that he's taken another person's life. That's, I think that's a really big point of like, can't come back from it because she's like bleeding out. She's not conscious in that moment he thinks maybe she's already even dead, you know? So that's like, that's really, I think that's a big factor. If, if he didn't know that Peyton was, you know, possibly dead in that moment, would he have done the same thing? I'm not sure. That is a great point. Um, it's just the pain. There's so much pain. Um, but then, as Dom said, so when we were doing the watch along, we had 30, three zero people watching live with us um, on the Zoom, which was crazy. Um, and Dom had predicted between 15 and 16 that Jimmy was going to take a gun into school. But uh, I'd been saying to everyone in the chat, well, don't worry, he's not going to predict this. Uh, yeah. And we see Dan's shiny shoes as he picks up the gun. Uh, Keith has already been like, we lost him, Danny. We lost him, you know, like in shock. He pulls the gun. And and what I think is great direction and great writing is there is no dialogue. There's just the look on Dan's face, stern, cold. The look on Keith's face of like sort of a slight confusion. And then no words are exchanged. We get the bang. And then 
uh dan's face doesn't even change it, it remains cold <clears throat> dom you see it it's the big shock i mean as much as you, you thought something was going to happen you didn't see this happening uh, i thought keith was in the clear after you know jimmy sadly shot himself and and what a, what a tragic moment and tragic end and so sad um and you kind of think, okay, Keith's okay. We're gonna, he's gonna come out of this. He's gonna maybe be a, a little bit sad and a bit traumatized himself, and maybe need a bit of counselling for a bit. But um, yeah, I was not expecting Dan to walk in, uh, pick up the gun, and and shoot his brother. You know, it's crazy. I mean, we've all thought about it with our siblings. We've all considered <laughs> it, but Dan went out there and did it, and just yeah. And the the cold look on his face, like you said, is just like had to be done. And and it's because he thinks that Keith tried to kill him, but of course we all, we know that it was Deb. Um, I can't wait but... for him to find out that it was Deb because that's that's got that's got to come at some point. That's got to happen. I think that's got to be a revelation in the next few episodes. I think someone's got Lucas has got to say. What you know, Lucas is going to find out he shot him and be like, "Why the fuck did you do that? It was it was Deb that tried to kill you, you moron." But I think there's going to be a big, there's going to be a big cover up because there's 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 two shots, isn't isn't there? Nobody's going to know the order of the shooting, so they're going to think mm-hmm. Jimmy shot Keith and then shot himself. Dan goes in to try and be the hero, you know, whatever. So that's that's how I think this is going to play out in the next. Well, episode. hang on, Biff. Before we get there, because I want to get your prediction, right? just to finish off. So we all, over this, we've got um, Lucas doing a voiceover and saying, you know, evil evil lives inside of us. You know, the, the, the darkness is, does it have a name? Is it your name? And that's when it like, you know, it's perfect. And the music, like we said, John Nordstrom scores it perfectly. The big question here, Dom, and you're going to find out the answer in about 25 minutes, but... <laughs> What is your prediction for Keith? Um, be in hospital for a while, but he's not dead. No way. You still because you you think he's a niner. Niner is a uh, Dom's term for someone that's going to go the whole nine seasons. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> We're not talking about cocks and balls again um <laughs> <laughs> i know at first i was like is that like some of your weird ass british slang that i don't <laughs> i don't know <laughs> the Apple and pears. i wish it was um i think keith is definitely yeah i think he's a niner so i i think he's he's gonna recover out of, he's gonna come out of this hopefully like the same rate as as peyton they kind of make it through together Oh yeah, okay. that's the next question. Do you think Peyton's gonna live? Oh yeah, she has to because the the whole love triangle can't end there, can it? Can't make it that easy on Lucas. Oh god. <laughs> well, okay. Or Brooke. Well, yeah. Before we go any further, because we'll get we can sort of touch on anything that we missed in our judgments. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and how could you not? My gosh. Then help us out. Go to ravenshoops.net. Why, Dom? Because basketballs go through. Hoops. But Lex, they also go through. Nets. Ravenshoops.net. Help us out with a rating. We're so close to our to our target of 200. We need another 30 or so. Hook it up. 
you use your phone dom use whose phone anyone anyone that walks past you in the street just grab it yeah put in a quick review hand it back don't steal give that phone back yeah lex can you tell the people about why it's important to give us a review please um you have to because i said so that's it done end of list if that's not enough for you i don't know what to tell you (laughs) (laughs) then let's roll into our judgments lex who is your favorite performer of this episode i mean jimmy right like how can you not it's he's so good although i will give keith craig sheffer like so much credit to it's like a really close second with his monologue um Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's performance is great in this, but yeah, it goes it goes to Jimmy. Whether you hate him completely in this, you sympathize with him, whatever your feelings are, like you feel something. Yeah. Dom? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is it Colin Fix? Mm-hmm. Colin Fix from, from start to finish is by far the outstanding performer in this episode and the scene between him and Keith is uh, unbelievable, and uh, I have to say, it's the the exactly like you said at, at the beginning, Simon. It's the the best bit of acting I've seen in One Tree Hill. Yeah, I. Oh. What yeah, about you? Ask me. Go on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> outstanding, absolutely outstanding. I'm putting it up there as the like you just said, the best, the best performance in one tree hill to this point and this is the measuring rod like to if there's ever going to be a performance better than this and we there i'm sure there'll be things that come up but i'm saying this is number one uh, I, I i i'm so impressed because say if if chad had amazing performance or paul or you know or sophia or hillary we use first names like we know these people we do know a couple mm-hmm. paul so you know paul Babs, you know what's good, <laughs> you know. It's but it, if they if they do it, it's also amazing. But they're also in that rhythm. They know the camera people. They know the directors. They know the right. They're they're into it. Colin has been on set for four episodes. You know this being the fourth one, and yet he's he's brought that performance. I just think it's it's even more it's even more impressive has to go to colin i look forward to telling him and giving him his flowers when we have him on the podcast <laughs> lex who's your favorite character oh, man i also i did want to shout i forgot to mention hillary burton i thought hillary burton did a really good job in this episode as well um my favorite sure. character is probably nathan i don't know why something about the way that he is just like nope i'm going to get Haley. nope i'm going to like there's just something about the way that he handles himself in this episode. He doesn't fall apart. He, I, I don't know why. Maybe he's like what I would want to be if I were in this situation, which is you don't leave the people you love behind. You go like you, you know, you find a way to do it. He's also giving information to Dan, which is very smart. Like he's he's doing all of the quote unquote right things. Um, not every everyone is. So, yeah, probably Nathan. Dom, has anyone ever called you Nick? Dom and Nick. <laughs> Nicky. Little Nicky. Has no. anyone ever called you don't, this? Don't bring up Nicky in this. Don't associate me to Nicky. 
That's you skank whore. Skank. I was going to say. <laughs> a filthy, filthy mess. Has anyone ever called you Nick? Nick? No, Dominic? and I won't respond to it if you do. So don't. Fair. What about Minnie? <laughs> Min- okay, we'll work it out. Dom. Yeah, who's your favourite background performer? One line or less? Don't I get to pick a favourite character? Character. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Okay. That was just previewing. Dom, who's your favourite <laughs> character? Um, my favourite character... I have to shout out all the heroes of this episode, which were Lucas, Nathan, and Keith. But I think overall it's Keith for his his scene at the end with Jimmy and kind of laying it all out on the line and, and saying, you know, you'll be okay in the end and, and really, really trying his hardest to, to pull Jimmy around. But yeah, I go, I'd say Keith. What about you, Simon? Mom. Yeah, I have to, <laughs> I have to say Keith as well. Um, like part of me wanted to say Jimmy, but obviously he is also doing terrible things. Um, but I feel for him. But yeah, I got to go with Keith because yeah, he's part of the end. But yeah, same. Shout out to everyone. I, I thought I thought Brooke had a really good episode. I thought Peyton had a really good episode. Everyone had a good episode except for Marcus. He's a shit, shit, shitty person. <laughs> What about your favorite background performer, Lex? One line or less. Was Glenda? Does Glenda's mom count? <laughs> she has two lines. She has two lines. I always forget about this question. Fuck you guys for this. <laughs> <laughs> Random cop oh. in background who's like Sarge. I don't know. Maybe that happened. <laughs> I've got I've got two, and one of them is a random cop. Random cop. Okay, I'm going with a random cop. Excellent, Dom. So, right, there's honourable mention to the to the to the random cop. So, there's there's a moment where the the gun has just gone off. So Jimmy has just shot himself, and everybody's standing around looking. The detective is standing there, like bold as brass. Everybody's out and around except for one police officer who is sprawled over the bonnet of the vehicle with his gun pointed at the door. He's the only one that is taking any sort of cover. And I and just thought it was ridiculous, um, just that, that one guy. Because everyone else is just sort of standing. Lucas is in the middle of, like, in, in the middle of the quad or whatever, just looking around like anything could happen. Bullets could be flying. And, and everyone's just standing there except for this one police officer. However, when the first shot goes off, um, right at the, when Jimmy's uh, right at the beginning... There's a guy in a wheelchair that just looks at him and is like, I'm fucked. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going with the guy. I don't remember this. (laughs) You have to go watch it. Like I said, I didn't have time to watch it. And I've seen this so many times. How do I not remember random guy in a wheelchair being like, (laughs) He's just just there like, shit. His, I, I was gonna say him. That's so funny you said that because I, when I, when I was watching it, I was like, I've got to say someone that's around this bit, and he's behind Jimmy when he's done it, and I think he's almost thinking, "Fuck, I hope he doesn't turn around." I come off. Put the ramp down. Put the ramp down. Put the red alert ramp. Oh, I think I broke legs. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That, I'm I'm literally crying right now. That is so funny. Oh my god, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. So he literally trouble. just like fuck my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my yeah, I'm already mine paralyzed. Is... Come on. 
fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, mine, mine's nowhere near as good as that, but mine was uh, whoever the person is that picks up Brooks, so a Brook falls down oh, and she's yeah. about to get trampled, and someone, you don't even see them, you just see their hands come up behind her and just pick her up. And I thought, well, they've, they've done something good there. Um, music, there is no songs in this episode. I think that's almost like a trivia point. No, though. God, God bless the child. It's the end song. Oh, okay. Michelle Featherstone. Okay. Yeah. Damn, damn you, Lex. Didn't want to let me have a moment, did you? Nope. Didn't let me have it. The... <laughs> okay. I think this might be one of the only episodes that has one song in it. But yeah. The, uh, but, uh, John Nordstrom's score in it is incredibly special because it's different to the style and it's music that's only ever used within this episode, um, I'm pretty sure. Um, but Lex, I'll ask anyway, what was your favorite song of the episode? Michelle Featherstone, God Bless the Child. What that song at the end. What a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ruining it. Ruining it. Sorry. Dom? Uh, am I allowed to pick out the fine workings of John Nordstrom as... Yes. my contribution so i'll go with that that's the first time i've done that as well so yeah what about you excellent um well i'm a big fan of michelle featherstone <laughs> jesus is that her name yes it is flintstone oh yeah uh, Halle berry in the flintstone yeah. uh but no i i yeah i'm gonna say the john nordstrom uh the score just because it's so good and um it feels like it scored like a movie and uh yeah i thought it was dope but that song was also good as well like the what that's what went over the end i thought that was good Hmm. uh favorite line of the episode lex i mean lucas's speech at the end is is really powerful um i do think that there are so many great lines throughout it keith's entire speech to jimmy um but i always come back to when i think of this episode i think of jimmy going it hurts it always hurts when he's Mm. hitting his chest and i think that that captures like the darkness of this episode and you know this moment at the end of his life and yeah there's also like that moment at the end which we didn't talk about but like you see jimmy's mom just like mm. outside, just like waiting to see what's happening. There's something about that, like that moment for him and then seeing his mom at the end. That's a lot. Yeah. Dom? Uh, well, very elo- elegantly put by Lex there and, and a really big shout out from from my part to everything Jimmy says when he's, you know, talking to Keith. And in that moment, it's just just showing pure emotion and tragedy and, and pain. Uh, and same for, for Keith as well, kind of opening up his heart and trying to fix it. But I've gone for... Lex is already laughing, but I've, I've not gone for a funny line. <laughs> sorry. It's hard to take me seriously for one You got second. me going earlier, so I was just like... <laughs> Who's in a wheelchair now, Dom? (laughs) Who's paralyzed now and can't run away from the madman with a gun? I have actually gone for... Just do it, Dom. What are you going to do? I've gone for a a serious line. It's okay. It's a serious line. It's okay. (laughs) I like my my reputation already. I should have gone for one of Marcus's lines. That would have been brilliant. Yeah. Like, like, 
because he's a psycho fan. I hope they fry him. Like, what yeah. if that was your line? <laughs> that show so should have done it. I so should have done it. <laughs> and my favourite line is the last line of the episode, which is spoken by Lucas, and he says, does this darkness have a name? Is it your name? And Dan's face is on screen at the time with his cold, steel eyes of death. And that's my one. There you go. <laughs> what about yours, Simon? Something about oh balls. <laughs> <laughs> Something about wangs. Yeah. I think wang is my favourite word for penis. It's just got a nice... It's fun to say. Come on, let's all say it. Wang. wang. No. <laughs> Fair. I'll get you to say it on Capeside Chats. It's fine. We're bringing wangs to the Capeside Chats. That actually <laughs> sounds like something they'd say on Dawson's Creek, though, so that would, that checks out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She touched my Johnson. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> my, my, I, I have to uh, agree with Lex, and my line would be the, it hurts, it always hurts, because it's... I like I'm one. I'm interested how many takes they did of that as well because I that must be so exhausting to give that performance. Um, yeah, epic. Okay, and then last but not least, the precious, precious rating. Uh, we all know how this goes, Lex. Before we had this conversation, did you have a number in mind? Yes. And did it increase, decrease, or stay the same during this conversation? Stay the same. Dom. I had a number and it stayed the same. What about you? Same. Dom, if you don't get this right, <laughs> you will be an extra in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I have something to say about my number when I say it afterwards. Okay. Ready? After three. One, two, three, ten. Ten. Easy money. Okay. Dom. Uh, I want to say that this is uh, the best One Tree Hill episode so far. Yeah. Out of, the, out of the 61 that I've seen, this is the best one. It's just so well done, well put together, well performed by, by all. And yeah, enjoyed it. I mean, not, I the, think... not the content, but... It was a bit painful, but it was so I think this kind of shows One Tree Hill at its finest in in a way, even though it's like, you know, it's very different to what we've had. It shows just how great the the show can be. It shows the quality of the cast and the performances that can be had, the quality of the writing, the music, the uh, the cinematography, the way it was shot, everything. Um yeah, this is definitely the best episode of One Tree Hill today. I fully agree. Lex? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I There are certainly episodes that stand out before this, but yeah, the show completely changes in this moment. And Lex, it's awesome to to have you on and for you to for people to hear your perspective because there must be so many people from the River Corps that you know would love would have loved to have heard what you had to say. So I'm so glad that you are able to do it uh, on our platform, and it's a pleasure as always uh, to us. You're like our baby that we'd put into our pram um, <laughs> and would you know sort of walk around the mall your yeah. your pram material and um we appreciate that about you 
Say pram one more time. Pram. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That works. Dom, <laughs> say nice things to Lex to sign off. Lex, it's always wonderful having you on the podcast and getting to talk to you and having a little giggle as well. So thank you for joining yeah. us. And... Yeah, it's it's a heavy one, but we managed to, you know, ruin it in our own ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> let me know an episode, a lighter episode in season four, and uh, we'll hook it up. Mm. Let me pick one at random. Oh yeah, that would be um, more fun. <laughs> what if you pick like seven. the heaviest seven? I don't know what that seven is. Seven is notorious. That's when Glenda takes the gun into the school. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, before we get out of here, let's get some ravens on free. Lex, do you want to pick an accent for Dom to do? Or is it just me? It's all of us. All of us have to do it. No, no, you do the counting and then we all do the raven. Yeah, the accent. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Mm. (laughs) Just muffle it in. Do you want to try doing like Southern American Southern since we were kind of joking about that in the beginning? Okay. Can I have some context? Ravens. (laughs) (laughs) Ravens. Ravens on three. (laughs) How how, How would Whitey say ravens? Ravens on three. <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn idiots. <laughs> Danny. We've got Ravens on three. One, two, two, <laughs> three. Ravens. 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 <laughs> <laughs>